0: Hey Dylan, yeah, Coop? Do you remember Gundam wi- Wing gu- 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 Garzi's <laughs> Wings of Reen?
1: What are you talking
0: about? I, I think I think we might need to call it Toministon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everybody. Welcome back to you Do you remember Dude? Do, do you remember
1: Macross? Okay, this time we're talking we're, we're very far away from Shoji Kawamori, Macross, any of that. We're yeah. in a whole other dimension, baby. Yep.
0: No, well, we talk about Tomio bullshit enough anyways, so let's let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's be honest here Half of those uh, Macross Plus episodes Were us gushing over turn A like, Okay, okay
1: But we've never been to Bystonwell before This is true, this is true so, Hello everyone, uh, we're here to talk about uh, I almost called it Garzi's Wing The Wings of Rian um, Rian, Rian, whatever Let's, um, let's have our we- uh,
0: guest <laughs> here uh, Tomniest and writer Dude knows his shit about uh, stuff by done by a quirky old Japanese man, Mr. Russell Latshaw. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Hello, thanks for having me on this Macross podcast. I will try to tie it back to Macross and Shoji Kawamori. I can do it. It's possible.
1: Oh, absolutely no need. We go on uh, Tomino digressions all the fucking time. <laughs> This is this is a graduated condom uh, podcast. <laughs> we're one, uh, we're just one layer. I'm not, I'm not even gonna say we're one layer deeper in the mecca because we're we're talking about Byston well. Like yeah. I haven't
2: mm-hmm. seen Dunbine. Mm-mm, you're pretty far right. into the dumpster if you're talking about Byston well.
3: Okay, right. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. So Russell, I know you've done a couple different things here and there. I first uh, heard of you through. Um, Steven, Hero, and the Mecha Nations guys. And then when I was getting ready to record with them, when we talked about 13 Sentinels, um, I listened to the episode you did with Steven, and I was like, just to get a feel for it, like, this dude is cool. I should do something with him eventually. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, that Evangelion movie came out, and I messaged you at like, super late, being like, <laughs> I should have gone to bed, but... Ava 3.0 <laughs> plus 1.0 is a fucking banger.
2: Uh yeah, I'm still losing my mind about that a month <laughs> later. <laughs> All right. I need
1: to I need to fucking hop on the rebuild train because I, I still haven't uh, found the time to invest in those quite yet. Um Russell, uh, I I believe our first interaction was you had just wrapped on Gundam Seed, and I was like, "Yeah, Gundam Seed's fucking terrible. It's my brand of terrible, though. Just wait until you get to Destiny." And uh, spoiler alert for the podcast: I may or may not mention Destiny a couple times because I think it's relevant to the way oh, that's quite all right. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I have oh, that $230 edition pre-ordered. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that in a oh, couple fuck. of months. Oh, fuck.
1: <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, we will have things to talk about. Okay. But anyway, we'll set that off to the side for now.
0: <laughs> that moment when you ask yourself, which is which is the more important purchase? Ultimate Edition Ava <laughs> or Gundam C Destiny?
2: This is why would... I'm not allowed to have money because I can do both of those. <laughs> I would Without argue no regrets. that. regrets. I would argue that quality
1: be damned. Both are of equal cultural significance.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: um, yeah. And then po- the
0: only other thing I have in the notes here, because I was thinking uh, while I was at work today, it's like, all oh, right. Also those dumb memes I posted with a crazy Calzone. Cause I know we've uh, talked about this. I know you've had a crazy Calzone,
1: Russell, um yes
0: D- dylan have you have you given no I, I was gonna
1: ask what oh you're talking about the fucking like cross like yes. ultra man calzone yes <laughs> no i <laughs> i have not had it uh, i thought about getting it once and then i saw how many calories were in just one of them and i was like uh probably not
2: yeah it's a beast uh, i don't recommend it it's Mm-mm. the whole thing is just an ordeal yeah <laughs> If you just want to
0: have a
1: heart attack and pass over and die, that's a the difference. way to go.
2: It was a low point when I ordered that.
1: <laughs> for for the listeners who may or may not know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Little Caesars, uh, like cross-shaped calzone. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: that thing is,
0: because when, when it was announced, memes uh, went all over the place, and I was just like okay, I got to try this dumb thing. And it just happened to be there. And mm. it oddly coincided with the last day of a movie coming out. So I was like, this is, you know, <laughs> this is the true end of Kelly.
1: <laughs> Maybe the real AT field is lowering your standards for what you put <laughs> in your body. <laughs>
2: Look, you definitely have similar feelings after finishing one of those and yeah. finishing the end of Evangelion at the same time. Like okay, you know what that's that, fair. That pain, that like loss. That just <laughs> what have we come to? Tumbling down, tumbling tom- down, <laughs> tumbling. Tom- <laughs> <laughs> <down>, tom- <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Um, let's 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 talk about this thing. Let's uh, dig into the Biston well here. So before we get into this, what I know about the Wings of Rean, and we're going to, I'm pretty sure we're going to butcher the pronunciation. Actually, uh,
1: before we before we even get into that, I, I have one other question to ask. Have any of us seen Dunbine? I've seen like two episodes of it uh, while my brother was watching it. But beyond that, I, I know next to nothing.
2: Nope. <laughs> yes, I've seen it. Okay, cool. I came prepared <laughs> to just destroy myself with this stuff. Yes. Okay, excellent.
1: I'm, I'm glad we have one uh, viewpoint that's, that is familiar with Dunbine.
0: Because <laughs> good, good. watching this makes me want to go check out Dunbine.
1: But uh, that's, from uh, what I've seen of Dunbine, it's pretty sick. I, I think my favorite uh, 80s non-Gundam Tomino uh, is probably... I haven't seen all of Edeon, but I really love what I've seen of Edeon, and Zabungle's just, like, better double Zeta, and this is coming from someone who likes double Zeta. Um, I'd agree with I, that, yeah. I, yeah, like, the the slapstick is a lot more... It doesn't have to deal with the baggage of coming right after Zeta Gundam.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, okay, so anyway, uh, we can we can start going uh, by the notes now.
0: Gotcha. So, um for what I'm reading here and with the your, your friend in mind, Mr. Wikipedia. So what I'm seeing here is Dunbine. What originally aired in 83 through 84 and around the time of its airing, um, Tomino wrote a, like, I think it was like a five issue night light novel series originally of the wings of Rion that were, that he was doing at the same time, alternate story to what's going on. Um, and then some time passes, there's an OVA, like Neo by Stubwell in 86, <laughs> um, uh, 88, excuse me. And of course, um, we have Garzy's Wing in 96.
3: <laughs>
1: Man, I, I feel like Dunvine is like, at least like Mecca old, he- Mecca old heads, uh, from what I've seen of like artists on Twitter, like... They know about Dunbine, so I wonder how weird it is uh, like that people overseas, they know about the setting, but from fucking Garzy's wing, of all things.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, now that you think about it, like, <laughs> if I was in Tomino's boots, it'd be like, uh, came to America, it's like, hey, you guys love the thing I created by Stinwell? and everybody's like, yo, you mean Garzy's
1: wing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the <laughs> equivalent of, like, talking to someone from another country and their only real experience with Star Wars is the holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Bear.
0: Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> so after all that, uh, in two thousand five, two thousand two thousand five through two thousand six, uh, it was like a Bandai Channel. To my knowledge, was like a pay per view or satellite cable thing where they produced. Uh, the Wings of Rion, and then I do have, it produced and aired, and I do have some notes here um, from, like, the DVD set um, that Hanamiz did back in the day, Bandai Visual, which you can get all of it for 6 bucks on Right Stuff Still, which is, like, nutty, um, but it has, like, some... Like I'm just blown away by the liner notes in here because this is mm-hmm. probably some of the most in-depth English Tamino interviews we've ever gotten. Um, really,
2: that's crazy. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Because <laughs> other interviews I've, and this is like him is most candid in my opinion. Because other interviews I see are just like random, random translations from magazines where he says mm-hmm. something wacky when you know he's probably <laughs> just being facetious,
2: right. <laughs> So, yeah. It, and when he does English interviews for like websites and stuff and the few times he's shown up for conventions, you can tell he's very like handled by a producer mm-hmm. and told to like <laughs> keep it short. Don't get too weird about it. Like they'll be they'll kind of take him aside and be like, all right, man, like <laughs> out here for a second. <laughs> uh, That's you
1: know what that sounds about,
2: right? Honestly,
1: <laughs> just well, from everything I know about this guy.
0: Well, seeing his interview with uh, Austin Walker. Uh, he used to mm-hmm. sit there the whole time like, I'm just your crazy grandpa who makes stuff like just praise <laughs> me. That's it. <laughs> but um, anyways, so just a couple of background things on this production mm-hmm. before we like dive into the fucking deep deep end here. So apparently Tomino was working on a Zeta Gundam, a new translation at the same time.
1: Which yeah. honestly makes a lot of sense when I read that. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but um, mm. like I feel like even looking at like thinking about what the original book must have been released in its original context, it feels like uh, Rings of Wion, Wings of Rion, uh, specifically, and Zeta Gundam have like a lot of thematic um and commentary, uh, like crossover. I'm I'm gonna talk about that a bit more, but I, I just want to. Put a little thumbtack there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Because mm-hmm. if, speaking of a new translation,
1: I hear those movies aren't too amazing. Is, that, is I, that right? I've seen bits and pieces. I think they're fine. It's just that, like, you know, you have, like, the super new, shiny 2005 animation, and then you have the uh, 2006. I don't remember exactly when. Um, but, you know, then you have the, very old eighties Zeta footage. And it doesn't quite mesh together the same way that, you know, something like the Gundam 79 movie three would. Gotcha. So they're,
2: they're okay. I've revisited them a number of times. They do an okay mm. job of communicating like what Zeta's about. They, right. uh, they retain a lot of the subplots, which is surprising. Mm. I've seen most of the Gundam, recap movies and there have been some definitely like worse ones i spent yeah. i think about that <laughs> first turn a movie that's what i've um, heard it's almost unwatchable like the Ooh, editing is so bad that's a fucking oh, yikes. Bummer.
1: That's what i've heard because i was looking into that like last month actually because i I've, I've just been itching for another uh rewatch But
2: a new Um, translation isn't bad. Uh, Yeah, the big thing, as you said, was just the new animation, which is very much Sunrise circa 2005, giving their A-game to reanimating a bunch of really iconic designs and characters, mm -hmm. and then you cut to zoomed-in, not really well-upscaled TV footage from 20 years earlier. It looks really... Because they they also do the thing where, yeah, they they zoom
1: into the uh, frame to give the impression that it's widescreen when... Uh, that
2: old footage was certainly not made for widescreen. Mm-mm. Nope. And it's it's super awkward. And You just sit there and you're like, man, can they just redo the whole thing, please? Like, because there's some really good stuff in there.
1: Um, the, there are two highlights, I think, from at least uh, the clips I've seen of a new translation. The first is I know it kind of throws off the entire tone of the ending, but something about like spoilers for a new translation, I guess. Um, something about like seeing Camille okay just really fucking tugs at my heartstrings, um, and then in addition to that, there's uh, a scene in the first movie where like I think Shar or Quattro, excuse me, uh, says something like kind of suggestive going on between him and Rekawa, and Emma has like a little look on her face like, oh, tell me more. It's fucking great. That's the <laughs> I mean- character additions we needed. <laughs>
2: We can't not mention the scene where Amaro and Char reunite after oh, uh, six years or something. Yeah, that is just they knew what they were doing and they they really played it up. The the tension was palpable. Yep. Yep.
1: Very beyond the time.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, cool. Um, so just going further here. Uh, something I really noticed in watching this and then you see in his other works, which I imagine this probably pops in probably new translation, too, that he tends to go sloppy and overproduce before cutting back into something that's like, hey, and you can see that a lot in this. Like,
1: to be fair, I think you can see that a lot in everything Tomino's ever created. <laughs> that's a good point. I very much so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, though I think. It's a benefit in this TV series because he has more time to let it breathe. Absolutely. As as we get to this, um, because he even he admits that uh, because of working on New Translation, he kind of paced the six episode series like a movie instead of like Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of like a six episode
2: series. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um just going for Did anybody
2: sp- see the uh, G-Reco movies they just dropped on the uh, <laughs> Sunrise channel on YouTube? I,
1: I looked for it. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't see them. I was looking for them on Gundam Info. Um, oh, maybe it's Gundam phone. Info. One of the official YouTube channels. They just put the first two G-Reco movies up. I didn't see them. If they're still on there, I got like, gra- like, to watch it ASAP because I, I really want to see
2: those. Yeah, because talking about overproducing... That was my biggest impression watching uh, the first movie. I haven't seen the second one yet where (laughs) because I've seen the TV series a number of times. It lives in my brain rent free. It (laughs) very much felt like a confirmation that every episode was scripted and storyboarded about 10 minutes too long. And they just started having to whittle away at it in every single little scene. So everything is just a little too short. There's not enough context. Like everything, it feels very random in the TV show. It's more contextualized in the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, The toilet scene is much longer. You know, bless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a toilet. Of course, there's a toilet. Uh, There's a toilet. There
2: are toilets in the robots. This is an important Ah, uh, development in the (laughs) real robot genre. (laughs) (laughs) is continuing
1: to innovate. (laughs) I feel like someone told me that and I just forgot. (laughs) Please watch G it is very good. Oh, I, I, have been excited to watch G recco You don't need to tell me twice.
0: <laughs> After turning, uh, it's
1: it's on my list. Exactly. Uh, sorry, uh, but <laughs> all, it's good. All this Tomino excitement. I know. Anyway, yeah. It's.
0: I'll just finish up these
1: notes here. So <laughs> yes, go right he, ahead. <laughs>
0: like like us, uh, um, he, he does admit that even his own staff and himself were confused <laughs> by the pacing on both this, the tourney movies, new translation. I'd imagine pretty much every other thing he's worked on, let's be honest here. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just going past really here. But what I, what I thought was kind of cool, um, he mentions in the set, in, in notes for set two, that he was like, you know, I normally wouldn't do this but these uh, kids came up to me and were all like, hey, we want to do this thing. And he's like, OK, I'll listen to the kids. I guess they want the weird, crazy, yeah. excepted, uh, eccentric g- grandpa to go
1: ahead and make something.
0: OK, <laughs> be careful what they, you wish for.
1: <laughs> they're, they're running off of the Zeta Gundam's back, baby. Uh, hi,
3: hmm mm-hmm.
1: that's that's kind of uh what i figure is going on like oh man i love the 80s you should also do wings of rion i loved that book <laughs> was it one book or a book series it was a series okay um but anyway i just wanted to say it's not important never mind
0: it's all good but boy um but yeah it, it just a lot of the notes here are just like all those liner notes are like just peaked to me, you know, things he's like, I'm just going to tell the story through the actions. I don't give a shit about dialogue, which is something I really liked about turn a mm-hmm. and, um, what I've seen of Zeta, which I haven't finished, which I should, but mm-hmm. you know,
1: you know, it is very action heavy. Like in terms of like, like characters will say what's on their minds, but like, that's not always like, you know, characters are duplicitous mm-hmm. and, um, Uh, especially Zeta Gundam, like characters will say one thing and then do a completely different thing. And it's kind of up to you to, to track the logical
2: through line. Well, I got hit with the, Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh
0: Go ahead. Go ahead, Russell.
2: Um, a long time ago, I got hit with the lightning bolt idea that watching a Tomino show, just, just about any one. I think it applies Mm -hmm. to you can never be sure who's lying. Yes. Like, it's just it came to me Absolutely. and it stuck with me for probably a decade now where you're just sitting there like, is that what that person really means to do? Exactly. <laughs> like, uh
1: Char's counterattack is basically that's the entire premise is like, do any of us
2: really know Char? And like, they're always just like, they'll say one thing, they'll do a bunch of other mm-hmm. things. And then two episodes later, it'll be like, actually, I'm doing this. I'm never gonna comment on my previous actions. This is just what I'm about. This is my life story. Exactly. Like,
1: wait, what? No, were you, you lying? You thought you knew me, bitch. I lied. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just it, it's constant. Um, I I personally think of um, Bel Torchka in um Zeta Gundam for whatever reason. Like she was the first character that really where that sentiment really clicked with me. Where mm. I think she's talking to Amuro about like kind of like well you're a man and i'm a woman and this is how things are um but then you know she'll talk with mirai and like their conversation has a very different vibe and flow to it where it feels like she's wooing amuro but she's being more candid with mirai uh because she doesn't have to put up that front um and i think that is that kind of colored um how i approach tomino anime like from then on out
2: yeah very much so there's there's so much of that i can think of like a million different examples um one mm-hmm. of my favorite is the i guess he's like the sub bad guy of victory gundam what's mm-hmm. oh my god it, it, the name i is don't Blanky. remember
1: any of the character names i can't help you out russell i'm sorry the guy
2: that wears the now very topical face mask um he's all about like supporting the bad guy regime he's like oh i'm a feminist like it's ruled by women like this is cool yeah, i'm gonna support it awesome. <laughs> And then by the end, he's just like killing everybody. And it's just like doing all of this completely counterintuitive stuff. And it's like, well, when did this change come about? Or were you lying chronicle. when you said that? Chronicle. Like, actor. Yeah, right. And it's like, what? What is this character about? Did he have a change of heart and we just didn't see it? Or was he obviously um, lying? We weren't supposed to believe him in the first place.
1: I always got the vibe that he was just simping for Katagina really hard, which begs the <laughs> question of when did Katagina's change happen? Oh, God. I, oh, God. Victory gun. No, we can't get into victory gun. No, no, no. Put it, put it back in the box. Okay.
0: Put it uh, back down in the Bison well, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, speaking of that, let's 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 just break into this nonsense. Yeah, um, let's go ahead. I think
1: we've done enough preamble. Yes.
0: <laughs> so so you you at home know what we're rambling about because that's kind of how the show starts too but before that i i will say that um at the beginning of the dvd the Hanamese logo made me super nostalgic and that's mostly just because my other set i have that's Hanamese is the old gunbuster set oh yeah Mm. and boy, and I'm so fucking jelly that you were at that Odacon panel, Russell. Like, holy fuck. Lost
2: my mind at that first shot. Like, nobody else had really figured it out. It was just like, ah, it's the thing. It's the thing we nobody thought they would get. Oh, my goodness. It's here. It's here, finally. Then the robot pops up, and the room just exploded. Mm -hmm. Magical.
0: I I saw um, Lou at Strongest Human um, on Twitter uh, there's a video of it and I'm just like,
1: fuck, oh. yeah, not the, to mention, the closest thing I can think of is uh, when like Twilight Princess got revealed and everyone was like, oh, my God, dark and gritty Zelda.
2: <laughs> I have to note that I use the exact same volume when they revealed Giant Robo a couple of years earlier, because that was right at the top of my like mm-hmm. have to have list gotcha gotcha
0: i i should really watch that considering my foundational bedrock is fucking g gundam so that's that's i don't want to be awful
2: but i have to come to your house and beat you up and (laughs) make you watch (laughs) (laughs) it's very good
0: i have i I have the feeling that Steven and PMC and Ignis would probably hop in your car to come beat me up. <laughs> we will just pull happen. up like, it's time.
2: It's like... We're having an <laughs> Imagawa party.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're starting off the episode. We're on, I can't really, t- we're on the Air Force Base in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, those early CG airplanes, which, boy, do I have feelings about Macross CG airplanes, but yeah, yeah. Um, they they look okay. You could tell it's very Bush era, given absolutely um, all the talk going around. Um, and as the uh, the fighters are scrambling up over Mount Fuji, you see some big dragony thing, and the title card comes up, which gave me a lot of ease vibes. Oddly enough,
1: yeah, I could see that. Um, Very PC-engine. Mm-hmm.
0: Which makes me wonder how much cross-pollination is between those old Falcom games and this. Because I wouldn't... Original Bison, well, um, Dumbine, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, mm-hmm. But then we just go off the fucking deep end because some jack-offs in a car shoot a rocket launcher at the military <laughs> base. And uh, we get introduced to um, our... This guy, this fucking guy, ASAP. Look at him. (laughs) Look at his
2: face.
1: (laughs) So I'm very upset because when I first saw his name, I thought it was Aesop as Mm. in like the uh, storyteller of like antiquity time. Mm hmm. Um, But no, it's ASAP. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, it's ASAP, as in how you would pronounce A-S-A-P as soon as possible, the abbreviation. Oh, my God, tell me, no. Why?
2: (laughs) I tried to track down the source on that because that was not sourced on Wikipedia. It is not in any of the booklets. I could not find the source on that, but I would believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it might be bullshit, but I, I don't think it is. I think this is one hundred percent pure Tomino brainchild.
0: Because <laughs> yep. I was reading through the books, and all I thought to myself was, "Oh, I," uh, he said, "Oh, I just wanted the name Suzuki, and I bet he just like let me look at let me look at some random English words on a wall. Okay, smash these together. Last name Suzuki. maintainer.
1: A... <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, just." I feel like by this era... Well, this is from 83, so I guess... Yeah, no, Tommy, has always been like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue on with the summary.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, ASAP's mom is trying to find him because he's going after his friends who invited him to do the terror. Um, and there's a big chase, a big fuck-off American jeep. And the terror bros are like, fuck those American perils, like... Which is a sentiment I understand, because look at mm-hmm. Okinawa and all the Air Force bases and the Navy bases and the Army bases. They're like,
1: yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that. That occupation probably don't feel too great.
0: Um, so ASAP's chasing after him, and then attack helicopters come up, and we find out that his dad's a U.S. Army commander. And then eventually the dude gets Garzi's winged away when a whale ship shows up during the chase.
1: No, he doesn't at... get Garzy's wing. He gets wings of Riand. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. No, but yes, he gets spirited away. No, <laughs> yeah. that's a different movie. You understand what I mean?
0: I get you. I get you. Um, wings come flying down and things happen.
2: Um, there is so much shouting in this uh, opening 10 minutes. Um, it is easily the most impenetrable And disorienting few minutes that Tomino has ever put on the screen. We're not at the fairies yet. (laughs) That's at the end of the episode. (laughs) That's when it starts to become moderate, a little legible, like a a tad bit.
1: It's true. A a teensy bit. It's Mm. true. It just completely uh, blindsided me. Um, But anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they they get uh, transported to Bison Well.
0: Oh, not quite yet. Um, Oh, okay. My bad. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, but like you said, it's like, if this was, like, a longer, t- like, the, taking five books and turning it into a six-episode show, like, if he had more episodes, like, maybe this could make sense. Because I like how chaotic the the first couple, the first ten minutes of this is, because it's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the beginning of turn A is pretty chaotic, um, but you have a little time to like breathe from those chaotic moments and have a little bit of idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're still thrown the deep end, you're not, th- you're thrown even farther than the deep end. You're thrown oh, right yeah. into the concrete on the other side of the pool. Yeah. The
2: booklets, this. um, he defends these, uh, very vehemently, um, about mm-hmm. how he, he's very much into not starting with a lot of like exposition or anything. Mm-hmm. It's very much just like, mm-hmm. let's, let's get this story going. You will pick this up as you go. Mm -hmm. But it turns out throwing a dozen names and settings and then the Well stuff comes in. It's like, what is happening? Who are these people? (laughs) Um, Why are these kids shooting a rocket? Um, You know Mm -hmm. that they're, you know, idealists because they have a Che Guevara poster on their wall like that should tell you everything, right? You just know that Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just put up that poster and you're going to start firing rockets at military vehicles. Like, thank God for that, for that
0: uh, thing in the, in the liner notes. It's like, look at all these little details. So you know what's going on. And I'm just like, I, I need to watch this at least three times before I fully grasp it.
1: Well, I I got two thoughts on that. Uh, The first thought is, um, yeah, I, I think it being an OVA it would okay so it was released as an OVA first right or was it purely on TV Uh,
2: it was an ONA an original net animation one of the earlier ones but it was released on the Bandai channel
1: okay but it it was released in a format where someone could play it back and rewatch it and not have to worry about missing it or anything
2: Yeah, I believe these were uh, like buy to download. You would pay. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much the episodes cost. I couldn't find that. But yeah, you would download it because this was before streaming was really possible. And yeah, you would get these episodes. Uh, They released them every, I think, like two months. Was it two, three months? Okay, that's kind of what I figured. I think I think if you
1: had to like if this was your project, you're like new Tomino anime dropped. I am there. Uh, Two months between episodes. All right, time to do my homework and fucking like <laughs> whatever the opposite of cinema sins is where instead of like using every inane detail as a mark against it, you're using every inane detail
2: to like build a picture to understand what is even going on. Yeah, that is very much the experience. You are putting together a box of pieces and hoping that something comes out that means something. <laughs> right. Again, like most um
1: like most tomino anime but i think yeah in in uh in want of you know the runtime that tomino would typically have i think what he does instead is he just crams every scene with like a lot of detail and hopes yeah. that like whoever's watching is invested enough to actually like you know do the homework and
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah fucking decipher the hieroglyphics that is tomino's visual storytelling <laughs> very much so yes
0: All right. Well, moving on here, Um, the U.S. military is confused as we are by all this. And uh, instead of going in, uh, going into the well, um, a princess, uh, Lucas, Lycus, I'm just going to go with Lucas. It it, it
1: sounded like they were saying Luku, but like that's not how the name was spelled. So... I, I don't know. It's, it's another one of those uh, examples. I'm just going
0: to say Lou and call it good. Um, okay, works for me. So she pops up um, with some magic boots that are the they're, they're the rings of Reen, They're the MacGuffin. Uh-huh. Apparently she shouldn't use them according to an old buff dude. Um, and people know what everybody's saying because magical translators and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently the kingdom the princess is from is clashing with the old dude. Um oh, I said it already. Classic, a lot of going on with a little context. Um and then more ships because the princess came with a couple ships and more show up. I was also thinking of the wonder from uh three point a lot when I saw these. Um Kind of, uh, they kind of give me some moon racy vibes too. I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely. Them. Um, um,
1: actually, as I was watching it, I was thinking of, I've been playing a lot of cave shmups, so like very Mushihime-sama, Esp Galuda. Um, th- those were the vibes I was getting, and I'll post some concept artwork so you guys know what I'm talking about.
0: I can, I can see that, especially when we get to the Aura ba- battlers. Um, exactly. Because, boy, um, so one of the ship beaches um, the princess is like, yo, hey ASAP, you gotta help me ASAP. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. I know. <laughs> um, and then the ships fire off cannonballs and our battlers are getting ready to go. And the old buff dude is confused by the raptors flying up in the sky and they shoot down an Apache and... Princess is like, hey, don't use the cannon, but it gets fired anyways. It's like this fireball that splits and scorches everything it touches. In this case, like a bridge in the surrounding area. And through this, I learned that the Aura Battlers are living things. And I thought to myself, why? While well, looking at this, let's look at this art here real quick. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh huh. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm, that's. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um But <laughs> before seeing that art, um, yeah, those those beetles are very very bistom. Um But speaking of the art battlers being little uh, living things, I thought to myself, oh, when Tomino first saw Evangelion, he was probably like, that's a live that Ava unit one's a little living thing. And it's purple and green. Hmm. What what Mecca have I done? That's a living thing in purple and green. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I yeah. should crush Evangelion.
1: To- tell me no would have sour grapes over that. Definitely. <laughs> oh, of
2: course he would. <laughs> We're ignoring that we have to call the aura battlers the boys. That is a very important piece of information that comes in here. Is it? Oh, oh, oh they're yeah. the boys. Of course they are. They got to be hosed down, group. and you got to keep track of their complexion, as you do with all boys, <laughs> right? Naturally.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, like little details like that. I'm just like, what? What? You're
1: gonna give them? <laughs> I love it. You gotta give
0: them paste. Okay. Okay. Listen,
1: Coopie. It's it's just like Macross Seven. Uh, you, sometimes you gotta just vibe with it. <laughs> you gotta
0: just go with the flow. You have a good point. You have a very good point. Uh, yeah, there
2: is no point in stopping and questioning because it's just gonna keep going, and it's not going right. to care about not any of your stop. questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Tomino doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. No, but like yeah. Mm-hmm. I I th- I think it's like. If you're asking questions, I would even argue that Toewino is confident that he's done his job well. (laughs) Because I I think he cares more about making you ask questions about what's going on than he does actually explaining what's going on.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. I think he uses that in a way. He uses that purposefully to kind of draw you into the setting Mm -hmm. and get you trying to think about it. He obviously goes too far because most of the time he's just like, wait, what? huh oh we've already moved on a lot of the time it's super off-putting but i think like once you're kind of
1: exposed to his writing long enough you're kind of like oh yeah tomino is just like you know the, the whole thing about zeta gundam is like you know new types and understanding other people um i i find it like interesting that i uh, the way tomino writes it's like you have to struggle to understand anything and like I'm not saying that as like a derogative thing, because I think that's one of the strongest things about Gundam is, um, and Tomino's writing in general is like, people take work to understand and you have to take a look at what they do, what they value um, and how their values change their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 So anyway, that, that was my uh, digression there, but let's get through this episode. We got yeah. a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is the hardest episode by far. Yeah, like this I opening bit is the hardest thing. It will throw off 90% of prospective viewers. It's okay. like, nope, nope, I got better things to do. Because it is right. so
0: information dense. It's yeah. just like, either you sink or swim, uh, to bring back the pool analogy. Um, mm-hmm. So ASAP's like, are you ev- evading, oh princess? And like, why are you doing? And um, the they talk a little more about the translators. Um, the terrorist guys head on out and uh, ASAP and the princess get blown away, but she's she's got wing boots, they good, and they land on a self-defense force's plane. And uh, apparently the aura engines are going again, and there's particles everywhere. And the terrorist bros steal a steel jet, and the aura battlers are like, I don't know about this. I don't feel so good. My complexion is I need to sleep. Um, give me more protein fluid. Um, and then we learned that there's a U.S. lieutenant named Lieutenant Guns.
1: That's his name. I didn't lieutenant catch that. Lieutenant Guns. <laughs> yes. Move over. Why am I Gold Louis Dickinson? There's a new sheriff in town.
0: <laughs> you know how. <laughs> Is is Lieutenant Guns even like, in the show? If you like,
1: ask me what is the most American name for a character in anime, um, I, I think the answer would now be Lieutenant Guns, because yeah. I I was unaware of that name prior to this recording.
2: I like to think that Lieutenant is actually his first name. And not a ranking.
1: <laughs> That's
3: great.
0: That's great. But uh, anyway, what?
2: <laughs> uh
0: alright, so um, Princess goes on about, hey, we got right up here because things are kind of fucked up back in the well. Um, And, yo, so uh, the aura uh, that comes out of the boots takes things out, ships out, and it overpowers folks once a plane hits it. And then there's a seaweed baby kaleidoscope acid trip. Um, Yeah. (laughs)
1: That that was the moment I was like, "Oh, I'm in. This is Tomino." <laughs> Look,
2: this wasn't what? my first trip down the Aura Road, so it's just like, ah, a familiar scene. <laughs> oh, okay. So th- this has
1: been established before. This is a, oh, this, this is, is a very much a quantity. thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't think. I don't know what I was thinking of exactly. Like I kind of got like flashes of the ending to be invoked. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, yeah, no, we're here. We're doing it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, that was episode one. How far, how long have we been recording? 45 minutes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that's okay. Um, I, before we move on to episode two and hopefully we'll, we'll get through these future episodes a little quicker, um. I, I did want to talk about like the the kind of bush era vibes um this first episode in particular has um because oh, yeah. i I think it is interesting that like you know this is a book or based on a book series that was from nineteen eighty three and it felt honestly like judging from like uh Tomino's other works, it felt like it you know it had like a basis in current then current uh societal um tensions and uh relate like international relationships. Here uh that element of it gets kind of obscured but like there's a stronger um look at I I guess sorry, I I know I'm rambling right now, but I I think what's interesting is the the way they're kind of bringing back this story and how I feel like it kind of side-eyes the Bush administration in the same way that like Gundam Seed Destiny side-eyes the Bush administration. Um, which is also conveniently the most interesting thing about Gundam Sea Destiny. Um, yeah, I, I guess like watching these kinds of shows kind of gives me a window into what uh Japanese feelings or like discomfort with the Iraq war might have been like. I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. guess I just wanted to shoot that into the ether and see if anyone else had like any thoughts on that.
2: Mm-hmm. I do. I could go on a little tangent here, but I don't want to interrupt Coop if he has anything to say. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I want Uh, to hear this. That was my first note was like, hello, post nine eleven geopolitics. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. the first the beginning of it is just the American naval commanders talking about America, asserting itself on the world again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, very much so. Uh, So the. I did some background on this to kind of contextualize where this is coming from. So he wrote those novels. Uh, So he serialized that for three years uh, in the, what was it? Uh, Jase Jidai, I'm sure I'm butchering it, uh, magazine, translates to Wild Age. It was a fiction magazine. Uh, Famously, it ran the last complete arc of Tezuka's Phoenix before he died. Um, And the staff approached him wanting to do a story for bandai channel and it was like all right let's do wings of reen but one of the thoughts from the staff i would guess producers was like all right we can't just do it as it was it's got to be modernized okay it it has to kind of represent the world as it is now um dunbine is big into cold war tensions yes uh, i do remember that it's Um, all about like like, um yeah sorry go ahead (laughs) It's, uh, it's all about the, uh, when they bring the Aura Battlers and the technology of Byston Well into, the, uh, into Upper Earth, they very much take the position of like nuclear weapons and stuff. And mm-hmm. then it just becomes about countries just blowing each other up. Uh, Russia factors in heavily. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that was in Reen, because Reen was used, Reen started before Dunbine, but not long, not long before. And so they're like, all right, let's let's do a thing. But it's got to have robots. Originally, Reem did not have robots. It was just a fantasy thing with swords and shields and stuff. You know what? That makes sense,
1: because I was kind of like it felt like the aura battlers were a little out of place when I was watching this.
2: Yeah. And that's why Garzi's wing doesn't have any mention of the robots, because he wanted to go back to the original ideas for Bist and Well and not do the marketing robot stuff. Got you. And story-wise, as I understand it, based on notes and the official website, it wasn't... Aesop is a new character, and the story mostly focused on Sakomizu, and it was about him going to Byston Well and fighting the wars and stuff and becoming a holy warrior, which is very, very similar to Dunbine with uh, Shouzama, which Tomino apparently hates that guy, which is great. (laughs) So in a way, this is both a remake of kind of the ideas of Dunbine and a sort of sequel to the idea of it, which is huh. kind of neat. Hmm. The official website notes that this is not a direct adaptation, and they, they're they really clear on this in, in even auto-translated interviews. It's like, no, this is a new thing. This isn't the old Wings of Ream. It's recalling it and takes pieces of it, but it's very much its own work. Um the cover of the storyboards for the first episode uh, have a big 21st century on it, noting that, you know, this is the new Wings of Green. This is for mm-hmm. the modern age. So that's okay. kind of where it's coming from.
0: Gotcha.
2: That was that was really
1: interesting, because like uh, just from what, again, what little I've seen of Dunbine, I, I do remember there was some tension between the main character show and a American uh, side character um, who mm-hmm. also gets uh, dragged to Bison well. So I was thinking that like that kind of racial tension specifically between uh the americans and the japanese uh was still present um even in the old book and you know it may very well still be there but to know that this um half uh this uh american japanese anglo japanese anglo japanese uh character main character is a new addition um that was surprising okay cool
2: yeah, they uh, all of these uh, bison stories feature protagonists that are of uh, either like mixed race or I think Shozama was um, his parents were one was from like the southern Japanese area and the father was from like the northern Japanese area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Chris is uh, half Japanese, half American in Garzi's wing, and it's a big idea of like mixing energies and sort of finding balance between worlds. Mm-hmm. He's big on these repeating ideas yeah absolutely uh they say in the care one i think the character designer talks about how they initially um toyed with the idea of making uh uh half black that was one of the ideas going starting out at least which would have been interesting to see yeah definitely Mm
1: -hmm. thinking about loran now um oh yeah yeah like he's like unspecified race obviously but um because you know what what is race on the moon um, but yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. That's dope. Okay. Um, but speaking of dope, do,
0: do you want to get back on this acid trip? <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's.
2: Okay. Let's talk about how the sky is supposed to be colored from what a baby would see the blue sky of through their mother's womb. Oh, you yeah. want to talk about that? <laughs>
0: oh, <you didn't laughs> or it's that. just yellow. Oh.
2: Just say yellow. <laughs> oh,
0: oh. Okay. So, or so we do through the thing, and we're in the underwater world, and there's this girl who's named Elbow, um, who is like sent away with them, with them being the princess and uh, ASAP, who've been separated from everybody else. Um, deeper in the well, the king Sakumi, Sakamizu um, sees the ships coming back. Um, the old guy who we talked about earlier, the buff dude, wants to send out Ara, Ara Battlers. The king is ready to do some stuff. Uh, he's following up with his captain, and, um, and then we talk to this in the water world. You no, know, Kevin Cosner. We talk uh, yeah. to the shaman lady um and she's like yo ohime sama um asap somehow called the wings that's why you there and uh, give him the boots um and apparently her father had the wings at one point or caused the breakthrough because he went crazy with our battlers and his second wife isn't all that great she's oh boy um but yeah, uh, the the self defense force guys and the terror bros find each other because their planes have crash landed, and they deal with some big bugs. Um, and hey, there's uh, some uh, Aura ara battlers. Okay, okay, and then and and then we get to this. Um, so there's they go. Uh, this is back with ASAP and the princess. They're walking through a field of flowers. Um, and these are the souls of aborted and miscarried babies being reborn. Boy, boy, yeah. OK, 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 Yoshiyuki, OK. It's, it's Konstanga
2: Hill or Konstanga. I always Something get that like wrong, that. but that's a recurring location in these. Oh. And you just, of course, mem- you remember it because they're like, oh, this is where the aborted babies come from. Like, what? oh, yeah. And then they course. just keep walking.
0: It's like, oh, just that little detail. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's, it's whatever. Just it's not even important. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but from there, um, they uh, elbow and the couple jump into a vortex and they get to the common land where the king is there. Um, they uh, I'm just going to call it Garzi's wing on in because it's it's easy to verbatize. Um, they wing on in. Uh new mom is not happy and the king's like I don't know um and she's like uh, the princess is like yo you're this isn't good and somebody and he's like well I can give you execution for this bureau verse it's like what this dude's your father um the king the king just wants to do some fighting and uh, he wants to see if ASAP is the holy warrior he could use um but going back to the Rebellion, the old man. They can't get the their ABs fast enough ready to go. They're doing snick uh, snicking and going around through the grass and whatever. Oh, but uh, we go back to our dudes. I forget whether it's ASAP or one of the Terror Bros or a pilot. They found they could use a flip phone to you know, get from where they are and make a call up to um, up top and where our, where we are, the upper crust, the upper layer, So, yeah. Um, but they get locked up and all trapped. Um, and then Elbow shows up to save our couple. And then they escape on the balcony and use a fishing line to get down. And they find a hangar of Aura Battler's and the king heads out, so they jack one. Um, he has big aura power. Um, and the old guy gets stuff. old guy fights the king. Uh, the raptor takes out some swords, because there's a plane there. And, um, and Asap and the princess hop into a new aura battler, uh, later called Nanagen. And, um... We also find out that the king wants to take out the opposition forces and then the US and then Japan. And uh yeah, so and he's like, yo, you two get together and take over my kingdom. Um and then after like beating up ASAP a little bit in his very black and very evil um battler, he judo throws hims like, Okay, you're good to go. You're you're with me now, uh, ASAP and the princess is separated because she's got some shoes. She she got the shoes, and there's something the wings for the, the audience at home. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. the, this <laughs> the what the way I just described is how it's
1: presented in the show. So you yeah, know. Uh,
2: I was yeah. This to is build. a chronological presentation of these events.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm listening to them, and I'm like, I I don't have anything to add because yeah, no, this is just uh-huh. kind of what. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I guess like let's try to break this episode down into like the most important takeaways. Um. Uh, Lou? 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 Lou. Lou. Q?
0: Let's go. just go with Lou. Lucas? Lucas. Lucas. I don't know. Yeah. I don't
2: know. It's hard. It's a made-up word. Right. He talks um, in the interviews. It just sounds cool, so he goes with it. <laughs> That's natural. Right. Uh. Yeah. So, uh, Lou's father is.
1: They they do establish that he's he was from uh know japan during Mm. the world war ii um or i guess the pacific war Mm. and yeah uh honestly isn't there like a machine called the gim ginghams or like you know like a syllable or two away from ging gingham
2: yeah it's the name of i think some of the uh aura battlers i think it's like one of the models
1: Mm. Mm
2: -hmm. i should look that up i have the book here but yeah i think that's one of the models. They never explain that. They just like, "Where are the gig Gingham's?" It's like, what? Uh Yeah. But they say it enough times where it's like, okay, I I think this is a robot. It's it's kind of
1: what I figured. I thought that was an interesting name to use because uh, Gink Gingham and uh, Lou's father, who I am drawing a blank on what his name is, even though it was in the notes, I think Um, maybe not. Sakumizu. Yep. Sakumizu. Thank you. Um, They're very similar characters. Um, Mm -hmm. at least like in how they represent the samurai archetype, um, and Japanese, or I guess I should say like, um, maybe not necessarily Japanese, but like, you know, this nationalistic, uh, view of like warrior spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they both kind of have that parallel and I don't know. I, I think it's interesting that Tomino brought that idea back in a more explicit context. Uh, relating to Japan's own nationalism um in a controversial era of that time
2: No that's, yeah that's a that's a good point both of those characters uh the Turne antagonist and the uh, Sakamizu they both can't can't express anything other than a desire for war and right. violence and just like no idea of progress comes without blowing stuff up basically
1: Absolutely and in Turne uh not Ging gingham himself. Like he's kind of just a terrifying power hungry warmonger. Um, but his, his team are, uh, kind of portrayed as like children and buffoons. Um, but he, like here, I guess like Tomino has got to, because this is like the main antagonist. Um, and also apparently the protagonist of the the books I learned like what, 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, he he definitely gives this character a, I would say, a lot more nuance, um, and I, I think it is interesting to kind of see where his story ends, even if the emotional through line isn't necessarily as clear as it could be. Mm-mm. But we'll we'll cross that bridge or go through that stream. What what did they call him? We'll we'll get there when we get there.
0: Well, we'll the open Aura our, Road,
1: I think, is what it oh was boy. called, or something like that.
0: Or a bean burrito, am I right?
1: Um, sure, Coop.
0: Okay.
1: hmm hmm <laughs> This show's taking a lot out of you.
0: Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I have, Hey, you guys are the Tominists here. Um, <laughs> let's on uh, episode three. Let's let's bust let's bust on through this here, and then stop me if if events compel you. Um, Got you. And so. The princess wakes up in the old guy's cabin. She has the boots. Um, She's walking around the village. They're they're, they're not doing so hot. So Sakamizu's clan is called the Hojo. Um, Not to be confused with the Tojo from Yakuza or that weird scientist dude. Um, But yeah, they have the modern planes. And the king wants the terror bros and the pilots to work with them, get them some info. And mm-hmm. Asap's like, oh yeah, talking He's from Kanagawa. Like he's he's just he's just a Japanese dude. And the king treats them all to dinner and reveals a replica of the plane he flew when he was a kamikaze pilot, and he had a, played somewhat of a role in stopping the third bomb being a third bomb being dropped during World War Two. Um, so some talk of that. Um, he's he's as we see more as it goes on, um, he has a big thing about not being able to perform his duty as a soldier, um, as a kamikaze pilot, so that comes up a lot with him. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, next year, King wants to put some plain parts and some bugs, and Aesop's like, that's weird. And he's like, (laughs) well, you're a combination of two worlds, too, because... You're white and Japanese. How about that? <laughs> not so. What a, weird
2: what now. a
1: comeback. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: uh, yeah, I just I no. love how that's supposed to deflect from his big plans. Like, yeah. no, no, like, let's let's get back to that. Now it's different. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm I'm a human,
1: not a machine of death. Although I guess like in some Tomino anime, you can argue that those are the same things. Yep. Uh, um, but no, come on now.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, he, King's like, this is the will Bisted Well, and life is like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but the pilots and the terrorists join up with Hojo. Um, and then, uh, one of the, an old guy pilot tries to use the, the boots, the wing boots. Um, but he's like, this is like walking with weights on my foot, on my feet. It's like I can't do it. He's he's not the chosen one. Um, he's
1: not the special.
0: Mm-mm. Um. So the old guy, the big beefy old guy, and his Wolverine looking blonde haired bro are gonna go sink a ship, um, and the princess is like. Oh yeah, I was called to service to the surface to find the holy warrior. That's that's why I was really there. Um, and um, our pilots in the well are listening to communications. And there's some talks because of all this the U.S. is like maybe we'll use our nuclear ship and nuke Tokyo. Who knows? <laughs> and a Aesop's dad is ASAP, Aesop. It's you know it's all a fable. At the end of the day, um, uh, he's on the ship with the nukes. Um, and so the US military is uh, circling the remaining ship that's left up top side. Oh, and there's some slurs. That's great. Oh, oh, yeah, because the fat, ugly dude who's evil and stuff uses a not great slur. That's great. Um, yeah.
1: Um, that, I remember that being in the English dub of Dunbine as well. Ooh,
0: wow. I can think of one actor who, in that, who would say it unironically, but I'm going to keep that to myself.
1: Um, I actually, I actually can't remember if it was... No, I don't think it was him. Anyway, okay. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll gloss right on by that yeah, uh, uh-huh.
2: I like how you can also tell that the uh, the naval commander is evil is because uh, he's drinking out of a McDonald's cup a bunch of times. I didn't. I missed <laughs> that. Oh, my I God. I didn't notice
0: that either. That's great.
2: <laughs> you can't see both arches, but it is distinctly a McDonald's cup. It's in the oh. scene where they're having like a powwow with uh, some of the bison well people that are still like left over in Upper Earth. Yeah, he's just... <laughs> Oh my Just god. Just chugging like a supersized drink.
3: That's, That's funny. Cool.
1: The funny thing about that is, I think it ties into the the final episode, a lot of the um, urbanization of Japan, but we'll, we'll get there later. Um, <laughs> I think that'll be more relevant when we get to the final episode. That's great, though.
0: That's great. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but yeah, so the t- uh, back down in the well, the Terra Bros are in some ABs, they're in the feel for it asap has got some armor with some drip to it. It's, it's a good pilot suit. Um, and the king's like, yo, uh, look out for my daughter, but don't tell my wife. Um, so the pilots are good to go. The ships are given some Hojo guns. Uh, though the Bisonwellians are kind of freaked out that the planes don't have aura power, so they just kind of go. Um, and then Nanagen... Uh, ASAP's mech just rides on the top of it, and the pilots are like, "Yeah, we know we don't. They don't trust us. No biggie." So, uh, the princess makes it clear to the old guy, that her dad, wants to uh, fight the U.S. and get back as a result of the war for what happened. Um, and old guy's like, "Yeah, that sounds like stuff that's happened here. You know, it's
3: like, <laughs>
1: anyway." Um, also, Coop, you can you can keep referring to him as old guy, but it was gonna bother me because I couldn't remember what his name was, so I looked it up. It is Amalgam Rudol. Anyway, continue the subject. I didn't I even bother the... trying to pronounce that one because I knew I would butcher
0: it. <laughs> I thought honestly, when I saw that name on screen, I honestly thought that it was the name of a ship.
1: <laughs> like, I wouldn't um, blame
0: you. It's like what? Um But, yeah, so the king has only really set up the Hojo in the country and all that to get back up top. Speaking of up top, um, the Hojo, some of the leftover people have talked. And the residency has been set up for there. And, oh, the ABs are getting stronger up there for some reason. And the rebels are setting up a ruse to get into the castle. The old guy gets beat up pretty fast by the terror dudes. And ASAP goes after the friends us. And the old <laughs> guy gets cut up pretty good. And the two, our couple gets back together. But he's like, I don't really want to fight. I just want to find you. And the old guy gets up. Like a true Tomino
1: protagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that, that, th- things happen in this show. That's all I can tell <laughs> you. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, this is kind of where uh, the show was starting to lose me. Um, episode, like, up through episode three, I think I was following it pretty consistently. Um, Yeah, uh, or up, up the first two episodes, I was following it pretty consistently. The third episode uh, was kind of hit and miss, and then by episode four, I think, is kind of when I was like, uh, hmm, okay, uh... I wish I had the time to go through this episode maybe three or four more times, but, mm. you know, we I can only do so
2: much. I get this uh, middle volume with uh, episodes, what, three and four, uh, that's where yeah. it kind of sets into... It's not crazy enough to be, like, laugh out loud funny. It's just a <laughs> lot of information, and it's kind of settling into like the middle section of like a TV show where it's just like, ah, oh, we got to yeah. do some battles. We got to push these pieces closer together, but nothing. It, it's formalities that are getting us to the climax more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. It's a lot of that. So it's easy to kind of just kind of
1: glaze over a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I was at, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I really have much to say, uh, mm-hmm. about this episode that I haven't already said with the, uh, the previous ones. Cause it, Honestly,
0: um, it doesn't pick up till like the very end of episode four. Let's be honest here. Um, you're not wrong. Yeah. So I'll just let's let's just spark notes this bitch. Um, yeah. Go right ahead. So old guy gets beat up, and they force a surrender seal out of his blood by the wife. Um, so yeah, it's the, 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 yeah, fake surrender, um, and the Hojo want to get up top without using the wings and ASAP is taken to go see the princess with evil wife and princess is like hey don't, don't talk to her she she's she not good um, and the first the people in water world uh, elbows people get uh, rounded up by the hojo and thrown onto a plane uh, the kings are like uh, do whatever at the surface with my daughter also ASAP um, you're gonna go on this mission with the, the boots. I wear the boots, and the general <clears throat> is noticing that the queen's being a little too friendly. Um, and yeah, so that's I'm gonna cut that part because I'm like well, the when you're reading Tamino notes and you're going, "What was <laughs> I even saying with this?" <laughs> um, so both-
1: I, I feel like we also threw you in the deep end because. What what were your other uh exposures besides Turn a? Like you saw a little bit of Zeta and I wanna say that's it? The trilogy and And the trilogy, okay. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're not I, I feel like watching a Tomino anime is like learning a language. You This is uh, get... hard mode of that
2: language. Like this is the final exam yeah, for that. Absolutely.
1: We, we we threw you into the final level um of the game while you're still trying to learn the momentum of a running jump.
0: Mhm. Mhm. Though you know despite that what I do dig is even though this is incomprehensible at parts just for me, it's <laughs> like at least Tomino is like I'm just an old old dude who's just going to make weird shit.
1: Right. I kind, like I, I I've already beat
0: that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah
3: like
1: there is something very nice about like being like yeah i peaked whatever time to have fun <laughs> yeah mhm
3: mm-hmm.
0: especially um did, just just you wait now that uh, the last evangelion's over uh ano's next movies are just going to be his wings of rain <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i i feel like ultraman's going to be We'll see what Ultraman like. I, I I can't be presumptuous. I have no clue uh, what Anno's Ultraman's going to be
2: like. I'm so excited for that and his mm, Common I, Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No.
1: Oh, I forgot he was doing Kamen Rider too. Shin oh Kamen my Rider. God. <laughs> Fuck you. Yes. Everything is Shin forever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, Koopa. Oh, we're we in the you no. Know,
0: but if you if he if he says the word Shin, aim for the top. Uh, I might have to book a movie ticket to Japan if it isn't world uh, worldwide. (laughs) Like that might that just might have to
1: happen. That'd be the pinnacle. Um. Mm Hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Um. But speaking of aiming for the top here, um, um, using the power of the end of Evangelion and all the hate, uh, specifically the TV TV ending the king wants to use hate to juice the aura power so he can get back up top. And then some dude makes some line about how sex is war and something about his wife. I don't know. Uh, I think
1: it's a commentary. Like this is completely me just spitballing, but I think it's a commentary on, um, the double life American soldiers kind of led where, you know, uh, you look at, Mm -hmm. um, ASAPs, um, You look at his parentage, and uh, we learn later that his father uh, divorced his American wife because he fell in love in Japan. Um, Yeah,
0: he's an affair, baby.
1: Yeah. Mm. Um, But, you know, that's actually a surprisingly um, sensitive uh, thing for a Tomino pilot's father to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like, compared to Camille's dad, or Or Amaro's dad, or fucking... uh, God, there's, there's probably a whole laundry list that I'm just not thinking of right now. Uso's dad's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. But
2: These are some of the nicest Tomino parents.
1: Yeah, like, on record, yeah. Just, I was shocked. Because, yeah, I, I've seen uh, Cho's parents in uh, Dunbine,
2: and his mom was, like, ready
1: to sell him out to the government.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. At one point, she just points a gun at him and starts shooting. It's like, I have to kill my baby now. <laughs>
1: Oh so yeah uh that was a pleasant surprise like oh these are two adults who are in love what a twist
3: mm-hmm.
0: boy um all right so
1: yeah we're on a blonde wolverine sorry there go.
0: you're good it's all good um so that dude the, the blonde spiky haired dude who was working with the old dude he gets a surrender doc um and some, something about how all the ships being made hurt a lot of people, uh, which I don't doubt. And Aesop's <laughs> like, yo, is the piece of purifying Hojo doing this? Is it worth all this? And um, he opens the hidden order from the king after they do a thing, because they were going to attack while the, the ship the plane fold with all the elbow people were on it elbow people um the ferrarios i think um were on I it. I think that's what they're called and then they stop they stop it um and then It's my
1: favorite car based cereal.
0: <laughs> mm mm-hmm, good. Um that's that's Campbell's soup. Oh my goodness. Um so they end up letting the Ferraris go while dodging fireballs. It is cool that Aesop d- uh, does split a fireball in half to protect the, fl- the plane. And he's, he ends up throwing the commander dudes at their ships, which is a fun touch. I do enjoy that. And then the um, one of the captains for um, the Hojo is like, I'm going to kill. And um, is like, Oh, make, th- make, mu- just get mad, get mad, get mad, Domon, get mad. Um, cause you know, he wants, he wants the aura to go into super mode so he can get on out of there. Asap breaks, breaks out the princess before taking out another battler, one of the terror guys I'd imagine. And the Ferrarios are getting involved now because the boots freak out on the king and the shaman woman Jacoba shows up. It's like, hey, you're a threat to both worlds. Yeah, no. Hey, hey, um, princess, shank him, shank him, stab him now,
1: and um, it before it's too late. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Asap stops her. I before I go on, um, because I saw Russell post this earlier, um, in your thread rewatch thread and i noticed this too the subtitles for just end him or kill him that's pretty good it's pretty good that's pretty good
2: yeah it's just the mushroom headed lady leaning over like stab him girl <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that's very good excellent um
0: so but asap stops her and Jacoba's like you're an idiot And he's like, I'm just a dude, I'm not a holy warrior, what are you talking about? And so the boots take themselves off the king, and the wings of the aura road open once again as both the king and Asap reach out towards it. And now we get in, we get in places, we get in places now.
1: (laughs) Things are happening, well I guess things, a lot, a lot's been happening, but like it feels like the story kind of finds its forward momentum again. Definitely,
2: yeah. Uh, the great part is that because they decided to center this whole thing around these magic shoes, they keep mm-hmm. having to have, like, dramatic cutaways to them, mm-hmm. but they're not even, like, interesting shoes. <laughs> no. Right, so it's just, just, like, the king the whole... smiles evilly. Look at those shoes! <laughs> <laughs> what are those?
0: <laughs> it, you know, it wouldn't been funny if one of the producers, like, hey, Tamino Look at this new pair of Jordans I got. Shouldn't
1: those... (laughs) He just drew some fucking wings on those Jordans.
0: Somebody (laughs) makes a remake of this and they turned
1: them into Jordans. (laughs) I think I... I don't know if it would be better. It would definitely be more memeable. I feel like it would get a little more traction that way.
2: Uh, mm Mm-hmm. This thing Um, definitely needs a dub like the time is too late, but if it got a dub like Garzy's wing at the right time, it would be beloved in the same way Mm -hmm. because the script is as weird. Yeah, I I
1: think, man, I would love to have seen like people recount their adult swim like four in the morning fever dreams of watching this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. It's like, yo, you remember that one? Like it was like Gundam, but they were like bugs and then like fucking Air Jordans, like I don't know, man. Like there's, there's fairies and the shoes and everybody chicken, screaming? There was a samurai and he was talking about how like Japan had to win the war.
0: Why why do I feel like uh you'd watch this and somebody'd be like, Is this show real or does she just get stoned and watch Gundam? <laughs> I,
1: I I I feel like W- Wings of Rean would definitely have had, like, the same kind of weird, like, cult uh, following that Fooly Cooly has. Except, like, Fooly Cooly would probably be a bit more mainstream just because, like, it relies on vibes more than, like, you needing to know exactly what's going on mm-hmm. at any given time. Whereas yeah. uh, Wings of Rean is uh, <laughs> the opposite Where there's a lot going on and you won't have any context for any of it. But I guess like by the end of the episode, you'll have felt some way about it.
2: Mm -hmm. And like the best thing is, this is a prestige project. This isn't just something they kicked out the door. Like there is Mm -hmm. legitimate talent and money and effort being put into this. This is like the Gundam unicorn for Byston Well. For 2005,
1: it does not look bad by any means. It looks solid. Like it's mostly held
2: back from just the digital animation being Mm -hmm. like not at a great resolution because they were still figuring that out. But like, this is a big thing. This is like what we have for the Universal Century OVAs for the 2010s. Mm -hmm. It's just for the weird isekai thing, that like mostly only Tomino cares about. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: And like the hardcore otaku from, I guess, what would at that point be 22 years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Damn. (laughs) I, I felt uh I felt like that one Simpson's gif of the guy disintegrating when
1: you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you weren't around in the eighties.
0: Oh oh I was thinking of when this came out, when the OVA came out in like two thousand four,
1: two thousand six. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy Yeah, I, I think we could we could go to the next episode, Okay. But, uh... They fight over the shoes and up oh, now they're back in the upper realm. Yep. Yep.
0: Cause weed. Um, so they're getting right, ready for a fight with the ships. Um, uh, they want to, there's something about, uh, the evil fat man wants to have Sakumizo, Sakumizu Sakumizu join him because mm-hmm. they want to make an independent state on this nuke ship. um, so that battle's going on, but A S A P and Sakamizu have been transported in a different timeline, where they're right, but right above the bombing. A bombing. Yeah. Run. Okay. So
1: this part was something that like I was really hoping was like in the books, so I could get like some clarification on what is actually going on here because they're not time traveling, because uh like they can't actually directly interfere with anything, but they can. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes to that. Okay. (laughs) Yes to that counterintuitive idea. Yes. I I was really hoping I missed something, but okay. I I think.
2: No, the best thing and the most like Tomino thing is the guys in the Japanese uh, flying boat. That one of them just turns to the others like, "We might go back in time," and it's it's not. There's no reason why he would say that. There's no evidence that that would happen. He just says it. (laughs) But because this is a Tomino thing, that's how he introduces information, where characters mm-hmm. just sort of wonder aloud at a thing, having no <laughs> perspective on it, and then it's just true. So then two minutes later, they do go back in time.
1: It's mm-hmm. Like, yeah, weren't you <laughs> paying attention? This is another digression, so I apologize. But uh, having recently rewatched uh, Gundam Encounters in Space, um, realizing that uh, the song in Char's counterattack, Beyond the Time, is referencing Lala's dying words, I can see through time, made me feel some kind of way, and I'm not sure if it was impressed, if I was impressed, or if I was angry.
2: (laughs) Hey, Beyond the Time is a great song. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. song.
1: It's a great callback to this line that Lala has, but I just never made the connection until a week ago, and I was like, oh... Was that intentional or did Tomino just think that was a cool little nifty thing to throw in for people? You never you never know at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't.
0: <laughs> you know, I was going to say something hot and be like, so get wild is a better song than um, than uh, beyond the time. But I honestly can't say that because they're both two uh, TM network bangers. And I'd, mm. I'd be very wrong <laughs> to put one above the other. <laughs>
1: i'm i'm i gotta remember which one get wild was
0: uh it's the ending of city hunter got
1: you okay Oh, okay i haven't seen city hunter i should but i haven't if if... i've only seen a couple episodes with coop so you're (laughs) you know we got our niche
0: (laughs) if i guarantee you it will scratch the same itch lupin does because it has a very similar Mm -hmm. setup to it so i think you dig it
1: russell
2: Oh gee. Okay. Alright. That's a pretty good recommendation mm-hmm, for me. It is
1: very you know, I, I would say it I was about to say it's the vaporwave lupon, but that's what part three is. Um it, it, it's kinda of, it's it's the it's um city pop. It's city pop lupon. Okay, okay, I can understand
2: that. That sounds neat. Yeah.
0: Um all right, so just moving on up here. Oh, and before before we get uh, move on, I was about to say that. Um, did you get the part three set for that, Russell?
2: Uh, yeah, I picked it up. I've seen uh, just a couple of episodes. I've been really busy at work, so I haven't been watching mm-hmm. a whole lot. But yeah, I watched the first three episodes a few nights ago, and it's it's fun.
0: Because my my big question was, so did the dear brother, um, in, uh, tight discs strike again? Because I was like please don't, please don't, because that gave me a heart attack.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm really thankful for your advice on that, just uh, tucking that disc in. Uh, It doesn't appear so. I didn't have any problems with it. I didn't look at it too closely, but it seems to be okay. I didn't get the sense of, like, the disc was going to crack with just trying to pop it out.
0: Well, PSA, since I mentioned it, if you do grab the very uh, excellent Osamu Dezeki show um, based off Ryoka Keita's book... Um, manga dear brother, which is excellent um I've said that five times already, but uh the discs are really tight in there, so be very careful when getting them out and maybe move them over hmm. to a cover- another case just just pro tip because whew, I because I saw a couple reports of them being pre cracked um, right out of the gate so uh yeah, but um. Speaking of being cracked like this show, um, so yes, they do see the, uh, see these bombers. They can't really do anything. Um, and apparently in our timeline now, in the current timeline, apparently Lieutenant Guns is going to show up and do some stuff even though we never see him. So, okay. Uh, I believe
2: he's the one flying around In the raptor I only know that because I was looking at the storyboard Selections in the back of the booklets And one specifically points out that it's lieutenant guns Okay Otherwise I would not have been able to identify him
0: Good to know because I I think
2: it's the black guy flying the raptor
0: Okay, gotcha I
2: think 80% on that
0: That's that's the right percentage I think Um, Alright So we go further on. There's there's stuff going on. Stepmom's evil. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, the princess is going to try and shank fools, but stopped by her captain, who's also cheating with her. Um, the king, you know,
1: um, classic Tomino shrew mother character.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, really goes back to that, like brain powered idiot on like you Got to watch mm-hmm. out for these scheming ladies. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah I just man. can't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Can't trust him. They're destroying society. Like, uh oh. It's like Tell my him, dude. dude no. Get over
1: it. <laughs> oh boy. no! It's fine. He 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 let us know he's the enemy. We're good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never um, trust him.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so while um, ASAP is trying to change things by cutting B twenty nines that come back together, like if you put a hot dog through a bandsaw, but if it reformed. Uh, as you were cutting through it um the terror bros were like which hey, mm, yes oh
1: sorry i was just gonna say honestly like that was kind of like the best use of cg um I agree. in this uh, yeah. series it was really uh you know I, I i thought that was nifty i just wanted to throw that out there
0: it was dope
2: yeah it's a really cool effect i wish we saw more just mm. kind of weird stuff like that same yeah
0: same um, it is cool seeing the Terror Bros cut through Tokyo Tower, but they're also, like, loony. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, they're like, man, fuck this modern city. We gotta go back to the good old days and storm the Capitol building. Oh. <laughs> but, like, that that's kind of the vibe the, the yeah. Terror Bros uh, give me.
2: Mm-hmm. All yeah, right. they just go from like guys who went to college for a semester and learned about politics to cutting Tokyo Tower in half and trying to steal a nuke in the span right. of, I think it's like four days or something. Like, it's not long. Oh, yeah. It's not a long time. Like, I mean, they were already fi- like the
1: show starts with them firing a missile at the military base. So they were. Uh, you know, they're 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 just vibing, I guess. Their... They were, they
0: were suspect before they got mechs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: very, uh, anarchist. Uh,
0: mm-hmm. all right. Although so, they had the
1: tape poster. So yeah, sorry. That's go ahead. True. That's true.
0: It's uh, it's all good. Um, so, uh, the two fighting get, uh, Najin and then the, okay. Oh, there we go. That's the name of the robots. Um, and they get uh, transported back to when Enola Gay is about to drop the atomic bomb. ASAP tries to stop it, but the wings stop him as does the king. And then we get another flashback to Aesop watching his mom and dad having to debate on whether they're going to keep him. And uh, being like, hey, I'll stay for you. I'm going to go divorce my wife. And... Things are getting crazier in proper Tokyo, like people just want the bloodlust. And then we get back, uh, we do another time jump, and ASAP and the king get warped Okinawa. And we briefly see the young king um about to do his mission.
1: Oh um, yeah, he's about to uh do the kamikaze. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, sorry, continue. Um
0: Oh, boy. Um, So the wings are apparently trying to say something for him, but he doesn't like it. And apparently somebody got lit on fire. Oh, yeah, somebody did. Yeah, because it's kind of horrible. Oh, boy. Um, And then the princess tries to get the commander to stop the attack. He won't. um, Excuse me. And then meanwhile, while they're all waiting around, they're waiting to hear back from the Japanese government. Um, the step tries to be like, yo, fat man, um, we should get together cause my hubby is dead and I have a secret weapon if you betray us. Um, and the king is traumatized by everything that's going on. He's so, oh, oh yeah, there are babies coming out of the
1: sky, suffering and
0: screaming. I forgot about that.
1: Um, oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Like Coop, I'd be helping I'm I'm gonna be uh real with you, I'd be helping you with the summary right now, but I'm honestly kind of struggling to remember exactly what happens in what order as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, because Oh it's it just becomes like... a
1: horrible slurry of details. <laughs> yeah, I watched these right. episodes this afternoon and it's still like what? Oh same. <laughs> I watched the first two episodes yesterday and I watched the rest uh throughout the afternoon. So Uh, but even then, when we, uh, binge episodes like this, I don't, I I don't ever remember the details kind of running together this much.
0: It's just a car crash, like, seriously. (laughs) Um, so, the, the king sees a red wing, and he's like, I need to share this pain with Tokyo, and they're over Tokyo Bay now in present time. Um... And the king's like, okay, no, this should be all green, not concrete. And he wants to roll it all back. And Aesop's like, hey, we need to move forward, not do this. And he starts slicing pains like butter. And let's let's just end this slurry <laughs> here. Um, Wait,
1: but I actually have
0: stuff to you talk. Have thoughts? About. <laughs> you have thoughts? Yeah, Tell I me do, your thoughts. I do have
1: thoughts. Tell me your um, thoughts. So I, I got I got two thoughts mainly. Um going back to the the terror bros, um I think they do kind of establish uh, two distinct uh, personality quirks with each of them. Um the I think his name was Ren. I want to say his name was Ren. He was the the guy with the, the chestnut hair. Um he was kind of more like into the tech and everything, whereas the uh guy with the, the black hair he uh he seems a little bit more militant um and i think them kind of going around terrorizing tokyo uh i i guess uh my read on them was kind of that they wanted to bring back the more disciplined order like going back to like the themes of like people wanting to bring back japanese nationalism at mm. least as it existed in its imperial age um I guess like they're destroying Tokyo because them as well as uh, Sakumizu are destroying Tokyo because it's seen as like frivolous and kind of corrupted by the caprice of American culture. Mm. If we look at the McDonald's logo that Russell so helpfully pointed out uh, earlier in the episode. Um, And I don't know. I I think there's like a lot of interesting conflict in this show. And I think every time it comes up, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting but it feels like a lot of raw ingredients that went into a cake batter and the cake never fully baked in the
2: oven. This, this analogy is weird, but I hope. No, no, I, I get you. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, it notes in the book, uh, you, it's impossible to pick up in the show. The Mm -hmm. more meek of the two, who's into technology. I forget his name. Uh, it notes that he's a third generation immigrant with Japanese, um, citizenship. There's really? one line that hints at this in the middle of all this shouting. It's like, you've experienced uh, oppression, too.
0: I remember that like, line. I yeah, remember and that. It just passes yeah.
2: right past that. Yeah. So he it doesn't say where his parents or his grandparents are from. But, yeah, it's the idea that he's sort of an outsider and he's still trying to blend in and I guess assimilate into Japanese society, but uh, faced some pushback towards mm-hmm. that. You totally can't pick that up watching the show. You have to read these books that are basically manuals to these characters. Right. Uh, I, I will say that I didn't pick it up with that character, but like I kind of
1: figured that was the reason why the three of them were even friends in the first place. Mm. Um, excuse me. Was uh, just like being outcasts in like, you know, less that they're actually friends and more that like they want a place to belong. Yeah. Um, You know, just kind of like the alt right. Anyway, um, uh oh, sorry, there's a little something (laughs) caught in my throat. Uh, The, I guess the other thing I wanted to talk about, I already touched on, um, because I was going to talk about Sakamizu, um, but I, I guess the uh, depiction of him kind of lamenting that he wasn't able to follow through with his kamikaze mission. Really kind of reminds me of uh, stuff that's touched on with Amuro's character in Zeta Gundam, where he feels compelled like he has to get back into the Gundam um, because mm. uh, culturally, like men are, especially men in like Tomino's world, are given like a ideal that is self-destructive, but that is the ideal that they are pushed to strive for. Um, And anything else is seen as like weak or unworthy. And I think it's, it's criticizing this kind of um, samurai mentality or maybe not samurai mentality, but like this, this militant mentality that is emblem, 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 emblematic, emblematic. Thank you. I couldn't find the word. Um, It is. Tomino uses the, the samurai as an emblem for that.
2: Yeah, there's a there's an element of masculinity going into self-destructive masculinity in a lot of these characters. Sakamizu is really interesting because mm-hmm. even if you didn't know that he was the protagonist of the original novels, he's framed as a previous protagonist to one of these stories. Mm-hmm. And now he's fully transformed into like the terrible Tomino adult who just ignores the the next generation. Is just out to destroy the world and can't control right. his anger or emotions.
1: Uh, it's, one it's fun detail of... oh, yeah. oh, sorry it's it's,
2: it's uh, no
1: sorry uh it is a fun detail i was just gonna add it it's kind of like to me it, it feels almost like a what if scenario where like what if camille wasn't there to take the gundam from amuro like you know just like you don't have to push yourself to do this you don't have to warp and twist yourself into this idealized warrior that you think exists
2: yeah yeah uh one fun detail is that obviously zakamizu wants to wanted to finish his kamikaze attack in sort of a meta way. Um, He dies in the original novel with the kamikaze attack. I don't know what the circumstances are, but that is the ending to the original novels. Interesting. Okay. Spoilers to novels that haven't been translated into English.
1: (laughs) It's all coming together, though. Uh, For me. Sorry, Koof. You're probably still lost. You know,
0: while I'm thinking about it, it would be cool since uh, Dempa's doing uh, Beltorchka's Children, if they do mm-hmm. um the wings of arene books that would be that would be interesting if they do it in just one collection just be like mm-hmm. they they have a you with a bookmark it says good luck
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well you know it is what it is <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
2: Another fun detail I found in just sort of diving into the official website and a few other places, Tomino has released a new version of the novels now condensed into four volumes as recently as 2010. So there is an updated uh, version of Wings of Reen, and to tie it into contemporary stuff, that's what they did with Hathaway. Mm. There is the early 90s version of Hathaway's Flash, and then there is the likely cleaned up, less weird version of it that he released in time for the movie.
1: That that checks,
2: honestly. That that makes a lot of sense. I hope somebody releases both versions so we get like the filthy version and then the one that like producers were like, nah man, fix this up. Like we can't do I, this.
1: I don't know nearly enough about uh Hathaway's Flash beyond the ending. I'm talking about the novel, uh, not the, <laughs> the movie. Um yeah, like the the ending is like whew, but uh yeah, I'm now I'm kinda curious to look into the uh sordid details.
2: Yeah. I'm really curious about that. I know that probably no one's going to do it, but maybe like 20 million people will watch that on Netflix and somebody will see some money there. Right.
0: I, well, I just to bring them up again, I can, I could see Dempa or maybe Dark Horse doing it because there's, or maybe Vertical because that seems like they're the kind of groups that would be like, Oh, you people like this neat shit? Well we do this neat shit, so here you go.
1: Biggest challenge is gonna be the Sailor Pubes talisman.
0: Oh, oh oh you told me about We already
1: this. have that
2: in English. That's in can the original do? Gundam novels, yes. Oh
1: my god, I forgot those got translated! <laughs>
2: Please go buy them. You can usually get them for like 12 bucks on right stuff. They're oh, weird right
1: away, absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I forgot that was actually translated and like sold. <laughs>
2: Still in print, still available. Please go buy them okay, so that yeah, maybe someone uh, will see interest in more of these. That's that's my most glowing
1: endorsement right now. If you <laughs> want to know what I mean when I say Sailor Puke Talisman. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> I'm remembering that you told me about it once, and I'm just like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> Like, to-
1: Tomino is the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Yoshiyuki, I called Dojin artists to tell them the nipple color is wrong. Tomino.
1: <laughs> like, at a certain point, I don't know where the truth ends and the lies begin, but I, I just kind of take it all for granted at this point. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm,
1: Nothing mm-hmm. phases me anymore. <laughs> Alright, take us home, Coop. I'm ready for that last episode. Okay.
0: Alright, so the king's AB. The Oka O was the secret weapon all along. Um, there's a conflict between chasing the past that the king wants to do and moving forward like ASAP wants to do. Using the wings for different things, and they're trying to talk, but Old Man ain't talking. Um, and uh, the princess tries to negotiate something, stepmom doesn't let that happen. Um, old man screams at subway. So yeah, the king is like, I don't like this Yamamoto uh, Yamamoto line. Uh, I, I need to do something about this. I don't. I don't. I don't like these skyscrapers. Nope. The no bullet trains. Japan's rants. modern and it sucks. Mm-mm. I need more green. <laughs> Just I. I uh, thought of that and I thought to myself, <laughs> so I'm gonna level Japan and open up the world's giant the biggest aura weed farm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, which I, I don't know if either of you guys have seen, uh, Palm Poco. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. the studio Ghibli movie
0: that I have uh,
1: seen. That, that is a movie that deals a lot with the, uh, rapid urbanization of Japan. And I, now I got to double check to see when in the eighties it, uh, was released. Mm-hmm. But I think that is the... Oh, that's 1994. I thought it was in the 80s. Um, I think it still applies, though. Uh, I guess it's interesting that that's a concern that feels like it's never really gone away. Like, they're mm-hmm. still writing about, like... The, like, as as late as, like, 2005, like, Tomino is still writing about this lamentation of the urbanization of Japan and the... Um, how much of a hollow metropolis Tokyo is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know uh, what the truth to that is, because, like, you know, I'm not Japanese. I don't live anywhere near Japan. But uh, this is a sentiment that I've seen like a couple times in various Japanese media. Mm -hmm. So,
2: yeah, if you uh, listen to any like Miyazaki just going off on stuff, he will Mm -hmm. touch on that a lot. Absolutely. I love Miyazaki interviews. They're also similarly like very strange affairs that force the interviewer to kind of endure but uh they're always interesting.
1: I I remember one interview like a decade ago where he was he, Miyazaki got pissed because uh the uh person interviewing him was like on his phone and he's like I I hate looking at you on your phone like that. It, you might as well be masturbating in front of me.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: It it was incredible. I I, I love these directors.
0: <laughs> I I will say the Ano um talk with um matsumoto who does documental was probably one of the most normal-esque interviews i've seen in a while because he's just like you're a dude who makes stuff i'm
1: a dude who makes stuff like <laughs> i don't know and they were um, able to just shoot the shit regarding um, all that stuff
0: yeah yeah that, that was a
1: really fun interview oh yeah yeah
0: that and it, it um just do since ano came up um, that and the documentary, um, the final challenge of Evangelion that NHK did, mm-hmm. um, it, it's so interesting that um, the whole time on was just like, just don't look at me. I'm I'm just this dude working on a thing. Focus on these people. Like it, It's just like like, come, like just it's just I, I have I have to finish up this shit. I don't know how to finish. Just focus on the people doing their work while I do mine. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Watching those two. I'm so glad that Amazon translated though. That's so cool. Just (laughs) watching those kind of like within a couple days, like he's so stressed in that first one where it's just (laughs) four years of him dying to get that Evangelion movie out. And like, he's clearly having the time of his life with it. And then he's talking with Matsumoto A couple weeks or months after the the movie finally came out and he's just so chill. He's so relaxed. It's just like this huge burden's gone. He can just like shoot the shit with him. Like that's that was great to hear if you're like really into the the hell of Evangelion and like the shit that he went through (laughs) just seeing that guy just chilling out is great. It's it's finally not something he has
1: to think about anymore. It's it's done.
2: Yeah, like he's finally released himself from it. It's just like, yeah, I'm going to go make some live action movies, kind of have the time of my life, kind of retire from animation for a while. Like it's that's great to see.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. I just I don't need the 14 years in between two and three. You don't need to. I know you like money, Kara, but you don't. You don't have to do it. You, you, You make enough money on merchandising, please, for the love of God. So. Sakamizu tries to go find the palace. Because um, I've seen... Um, in some travel videos... I, I forget what the name of it... What it used to be, the Imperial Palace, I believe... Is sitting in a park... Um, somewhere that people can just go in the public, go visit. Kind like Yeah, it's like the a house. historical site now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. But he just sees a park there and freaks out. And then a stealth bomber hits him. Um, so... And then Jacoba um, appears to the king, and the king is aging. Uh, Sakamizu is aging rapidly, like his age is catching up, and now he's back in his proper world. And it's, per- it's a
1: weird Dorian Gray situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I know I'm asked I shouldn't be asking this, but like, was there an explanation for that, or did he just start aging? Because I honestly can't remember.
2: <laughs> There's no direct. Um explanation. I think it's because he was spending more time on Earth versus being in Byston Well, that age was finally catching up on him. Okay. I could be wrong, I'll, though. There's a million I'll, things happening that aren't explained, so exactly. I could I'll be just wrong. go if
1: the wizard did it. Like, I, I don't need the answers. I was just curious if there was any.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
0: he's lost, lost
1: it. What answers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> So, uh, this is like, yo, did Ono do Evangelion because he's really into Christianity? No, he just watched a couple Ultraman episodes. Anyway, um, anyway, so, um, so, on one of the ships, the uh, fat man has set some bombs. Um, ASAP sees his dad with the fat man. The nitrogen is now red because our power, um. And things fall away, things fall apart fast when the king sees the stepmom and sees like, okay, what are you doing? Um, But the king is given the order to the Terabros and the Hojo to destroy Tokyo. Forces are all over the place. king's like, yo, wife, nah, bye-bye. And, uh, oh, I see aesop starts uh fighting with the terror bros and one of them says stop the consumer culture and i'm like okay okay i get that i get that
2: maybe Yak day culture
1: (laughs) oh we got the macross reference in this macross podcast we tied it in we tied it in
2: (laughs) i have ideas about how to tie it in but let's do that in like the wrap-up yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah, we'll
2: we'll get there (laughs)
0: okay and then um then the king comes from the Americans in the Oka O, knows about the bombs, is up, his dad tries talking to him, but uh, he just gets the impression that the US forces uh, want to colonize, and that's it. Uh, mentioning Gar-O-Rand, which is like talking about the barbarians of Beiston Well. I only know that because of a liner note. Woo! Um, <laughs> And the princess uh, catches up with ASAP. They kiss, and she's like, "I don't know what I can do." And um, and then uh, stepmom's out of the picture. Uh, ASAP then slices the jet fighter in half. Um, but uh, he, the person flying it, gets bised and welded. I guess I don't know. Um, the um, The queen wants the king and the city now destroyed. Because he's like, oh, now he's one of those Garo-Ran guys. It's bad. It's bad. And like we said earlier, Captain slept with her. And Aurobathers and a couple Raptors hold off Sakamizu. But he's, again, the aging's happening really fast. And he's now slicing um, A-Bs apart the old, our proper old man from earlier, is gonna fire at the king, uh, and take him down. Even if they can't go to Bystonwell, he needs to be stopped. The Terra Bros are now going after a nuke to use, and uh, Elbow uh, appears and heads with heads off with Aesop to stop them. The crazier one of the two Bros takes a nuke. Um, the fat man wants to take advantage of the whole situation use the nukes to gain power destroy everything he'll build this stupid little nation and ASAP's dad's like I only agree to this because I have issues with the US government but I'm not going to do this to where my wife's from it's like it, it just ain't happening
1: so again a, a good Tomino father that we don't see nearly enough mm-hmm, of
0: mm-hmm. and so he has his men take the fat man and the Oko the Black Beetle is growing bigger and larger and uh ASAP is able eventually goes like hey tells him you stop that third bomb and Elbow's like here's this letter of life and it's like the little paper doll he had sitting in his cockpit when he was flying and it shows up in his uh in Oko's cockpit uh cockpit and the crazier one of the two then throws a nuke and Nanjin catches it. And the king's right behind him. And he drops the bomb. And the king takes the bomb. And then he, like, moonlight butterflies Tokyo with the wings and blocks the nuke at the cost of his own life. And the aura engine soon goes off in the ships and they disappear. And the princess and Aesop are together. And then he crashes in Shijuku, and they cuddle and see meet his parents and all that, and uh, he's like, "Dad, I'm gonna punch you for some of your dumb stuff." And he's like, "Okay, fine, whatever." <laughs> and sounds fine. Mm-hmm. Good Tomino, Dad. Um, <laughs> and then finally, they visit the family grave of the princess's family. And then out of nowhere, the spirit of the king shows up and she gets <laughs> thrown into a tornado of cherry blossoms. And he's like, what happened? Um, which is which I got to say, this is funnier because in the liner notes of the interview after this, <clears throat> he's like, damn, I came up with a better ending in this interview than the one I had in the actual anime.
1: <laughs> oh, Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. So, so, I I guess I'll just start with this, since it's the most recent talking point. My read on the the cherry blossoms is like, you know, uh, the cherry blossoms are such a seasonal thing that um, it's like one of those things that uh, represent change, like changing seasons, um, the acknowledgement that nothing is permanent, everything is transient, and so... Through that lens, like, yeah, having a, the soul of a Japanese military officer finally resting in peace and being content with the state that his country has progressed to, um, the, the, the cherry blossoms feel like a, uh, a, a decent denouement. I don't know why Lou disappears. <laughs> Or why we have to end with our protagonist screaming in agony.
2: <laughs> all in um, all, it's still a happier ending than many of Tomino's shows. That's,
1: that's uh, absolutely uh-huh. true. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> Ideon has, like, a pretty downer ending, but it also feels kind of, uh, not inspired, but, like, you know, it, 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 I, I think it's a bittersweet ending, and I feel like a lot of Tomino endings are that way. Here it's just kind of like, it's not a sad ending, it's not even bittersweet, it feels kind of like a slap in the face, but (laughs) not one I'm angry about, just one I wasn't expecting, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like I'm still recovering from the shock more than,
2: like, any kind of emotional reaction. Well, that's just because Wings of rain has finally stopped. It's finally stopped <laughs> screaming at you. Yep. The noise has finally like just stopped hitting your body and you can just relax for a second. You're and like, once oh. it's over, you have this sense of shock. You can't feel anything. It's like what <laughs> just happened?
1: And you just kinda gotta let it digest or vomit immediately. Uh or vomit on,
3: immediately,
2: yeah. Depending on what your tomino tolerance is. Or, as in I think most cases, it just immediately slides off your brain because you can only absorb so much information before your eyes just glaze over and you just can't anymore
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: and your four episodes too far already in one's <laughs> brain
1: i'm i'm sure okay i'm not I'm not sure, but I would like to think that if I watched this over the span of a year, like gave each gave two months between each episode to digest things and maybe resample and kind of draw theories and conclusions and track character motivations and, you know, all that good stuff. I might have a more solid read on uh, some of the more esoteric elements of Wings of Rain. But uh, I didn't have that kind of time. (laughs) And uh, I I guess I just got to say that For all of its shortcomings, I enjoyed it for the very sloppy mess uh, that it is.
2: As someone who has marinated in it uh, multiple times over the course of several years and Mm. gone through the books, it you do gain that understanding if you want to really commit to it. Uh Yeah, I don't know if it amounts to anything. (laughs) That's
1: yeah. And I guess that kind of brings me to my next point is that like There's a lot of good Tomino stuff in this show. Like, a lot of Tomino's Tomino-isms. Like, I think Tomino does some of them, like, with a bit more grace than he has in the past. Even from shows that I prefer to Wings of Rin. Rin, uh, Which is, honestly, most of Tomino's catalog, let's be honest here. Uh, But, you know, even that being said, I think there is something to say that a lot of what we've seen in this series... Has already been covered by others. Um, I think I think the one thing that Wings of Rain has over, you know, Ternay Gundam, um, Zeta Gundam, Gundam in general, uh Dunbine, Ideon, uh is how much grounded in modern Tokyo the story is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big thing. But, yeah. But like even then, I feel like trying to think of how to word this because it's 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 reviving a book series from the early 80s and trying to recontextualize it in the late or the, the mid-2000s. And I think what's I guess uh, the the thing I'm struggling to, to vocalize right now is that uh, Saku Mizu, himself uh as a character he feels so much like a character for an audience in the 80s you know Mm -hmm. um like i feel like the conflict between these kids and their japanese nationalist father um works in a modern context because that's still an issue that like you know even removed from like the japanese context like i i talk to friends all the time who are dealing with their Uh, very hyper-conservative right-wing parents um but i feel like it it feels so specific to like this is the generation that fought in world war ii um and that feels like a story that feels more born out of the 80s than something uh modern so i guess it's weird like that um it, it, it kind of when i read that um Tomino kind of had to have his arm twisted by his staff to get him to, to bring back Wings of Ren, um, Rin, whatever. Uh, that kind of made sense to me, because it it feels like a story of the 80s. It feels like a story Tomino's kind of moved past. Um, but you can see him trying his hand at like taking the character of Sakumizu and telling a more modern story with him. I'm just not entirely sure if it would have been better if Tomino just actually did take these concepts and use them to create something new.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, One of my favorite things about Tomino in general, but specifically Wings of Rean, he's so specific in his ideas, even if they're hard to fully grasp, that there are lines in the Wings of Reen that are just basically answers or counter answers to Stuff from the 80s like he's just He'll shout something in like double Zeta Gundam and it'll just show up 10 years Later um There's a point near the end of Victory Gundam. where The protagonist is like, yeah, you should fucking kill your parents. Like they deserve to die. <laughs> <I saw that. laughs> and then uh, Aesop is just like, no, you shouldn't kill your parents. Like, yeah, that's that's a bad that's thing. Fucking like, stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> it's like it's so specific where he's just he's very conscious of these ideas and they're just directly <laughs> answering each other. Yeah, it's so fun to trace these across the decades. And um, it's still I- showing up in G. Reco*. <laughs> I, I love that in uh then the the first time I noticed that was um
1: the way they handle Mr. Wong in Double Zeta. Uh Coop to, to fill you in. Um in Zeta Gundam, they introduce a character named Mr. Wong, who I think is a representation of all of Tomino's ire towards producers who work on his show. Oh uh, his boy. Shows. Oh, uh, boy. He, he he's funding the Ayug, the main uh the heroes faction of Zeta Gundam. But, like, he, he's he got to have his finger in everything. Um, he's, like, trying to do Bright's job as Bright is sitting in the captain's chair. Um, he's just very annoying. Um, but, like, he has the scene where, where with Camille where he slaps Camille for being late to a meeting. Um, because Zeta Gundam is, in addition to being a war story, also a workplace uh, dramedy. He, uh, he he beats Camille for showing up late and Camille kind of gets his act together after that and it kind of mirrors how the sentiment a lot of Gundam fans seem to have that bright slapping Amuro was like a good thing and the right thing to do. Um, and like made Amuro a man or whatever despite the fact that like Tono has gone to great lengths to show that like this has actually had a very damaging effect on Amuro's psyche. Uh, what's Mr. Wong returns in Double Zeta and he tries to slap Judo and Judo's, Judo flips him. He just like He's like, get that shit. What the fuck are you doing? That's not okay. People don't love grow that shit. from that. Oh god, <laughs> Double is so good. good. People don't get it. Well, that's because it's not
0: anime, Dylan.
1: It's true. I think <laughs> if, if Double Zeta were a little more anime people would warm up to it. Um... um. I just Yeah, sorry. This is just us gushing about. Tony oh, knows. you're I,
0: good. My, I, I'm going to tell you I like this. Um That I can definitely tell you because um I think what I came away with it the most is. I just dig that he just some producer was just like, just do whatever, man. Like you're Yoshiyuki Tomino. And he's all like, are you sure? Are you Sure. And they're like, yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And he just does. And I, right. I I, I really appreciate that he just makes what he wants to. And even in the mm-hmm. interviews, like, he doesn't even care if he understands it. He just wants to make it. And I, I really admire that. Um, yeah. Because I think he, he's also very cognizant of the fact of, yo, I've kind of said everything I have to say already. So... You know, you can watch those shows I did and see how they talk with each other, like you don't need me. I'm just the guy who did the thing. Like your 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 takes way more important than mine. So don't just like like if you ask me about something, I might correct you on it, but generally it's like whatever. So that's again, I just really appreciate how they just let them go go nutty and go weird. And it's a more in, in entertaining. I even though this was like something that will slide off my brain. It's like a memorable slide because, <laughs> like, we were talking yeah. about, um, like, shortly, Macross Two still has slid off my brain. Like, if I didn't recall that we recorded about it, uh, Macross Two would just be like, "What? I didn't watch mm-hmm. that." What are you talking about?
1: So, right? like, I, I feel really bad because, like, there were things I remember liking about Macross 2, but I can't remember what those things were. Yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of how that package is. And I think with Wings of Rian, um, I can at least, like, be like, oh, yeah, it had this interesting idea and it had that interesting idea. um, And even if it's messy, it still feels like it kind of was building up to something or coalescing into something. um. It-
0: it feels like best way you can describe it as opposed to, because you see a lot of like, especially recently there was talks about like Netflix producing 80 different anime and they could be, some of them could be good. A lot of them will be, eh, but with a lot of them, you're not going to feel a uh, authorial vision behind it mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. You know that, yeah it's flawed and it's kind of busted, but you know from how it all plays out oh yeah Tomino wrote that or
2: this, this a, is a Tomino joint Yeah his his voice his fingerprints are on every frame, every line of this. There is no mistaking that anybody else in the world made this mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. right
0: Kind of Ano again, Ano has the same candor when it comes to Ian especially too. like I'm thinking to myself, that guy's most polished work is, in my opinion, is probably Gunbuster. And the yeah. rest are very human. They're, they're imperfect, but it's like in a human way that you really yeah. appreciate because it sticks with you rather than because also you have the stuff that on one, like I mentioned before, you have on one hand the stuff that you forget because it's just like milk toast but then you have the stuff that's so good, but that slides off your brain because you don't think of anything more than, oh, it's good. Like, like you know, what if it was good, but some guy took a bite out of it already and you're like, this looks good, but I don't know if I want to eat it because somebody else also took it. It's like going to like a five-star restaurant. and Okay, so- I,
1: I think I see what you mean. It's It's kind of like even though it's not perfect it it still feels like something that hasn't been touched before.
0: Yeah. Something that, something that's worth dealing with the warts and Mm. the things and the little bit of mold Mm -hmm. that you have to scrape off of the knife. Um, Gotcha. Like just those things. It's worth the imperfections because you're feeling something there. Like Mm -hmm. it, there's there's a connection you can make, even if it's even if the product of the connection isn't the best.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying, and that's that's why I really am continually drawn to Yoshiyuki Tomino, because even when the stuff isn't compelling on its own merits, like the story it's telling, the language that he's using and the evolution mm-hmm. of his style, it's just so easily seen. And like, I just love Sitting in it and trying to grasp where he's going with it. Mm -hmm. And it just runs through nearly everything he's made. Yeah, I, I think what's so magnetic about Tomino is that,
1: like, you know, there are some people who, like, you just want to pick their brain. And Tomino, I think, expresses himself so loudly, but also so abstractly that, like, not only does he just put everything that's on his mind out there, but he also does it in such a way that you have to decipher it. Um, And I I always find that engaging. It always feels like a challenge um, whenever Tomino releases a new anime and, you know, he just drops you in a new setting and doesn't explain anything. And it's like, yeah, figure it out. Are you going to or are you going to rage quit? It's (laughs) like, well, no,
2: I want to. Yeah, no, he's he's a fascinating human being just... Seeing his presence on these things is just interesting in and of itself. Uh, Similar to Hideaki Anno. Uh, Man, is it too late to just turn this around and turn this into an Evangelion podcast?
1: (laughs) You know what? We'd we'd love to have you back for those (laughs) if you if you ever want to go through them. I I will (laughs) scream about Evangelion. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. That's what we like to hear on this podcast.
2: Uh Uh (laughs) But it's just it's fascinating to see his presence all over Mm -hmm. this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's maybe not as entertaining as as some of the other stuff. You don't walk away like ah, I had a good time. It's like, man, I, I engaged with something like I really wrestled with something.
1: It's (laughs) like, yeah, because I mean,
2: okay. I guess
1: this is the part where I talk about Gundam seed. Um, Like, no, but my my gateway drug into Gundam was watching Gundam seed in like fifth grade on Cartoon Mm. Network. Um, And like you get like a very sanitized isn't the right word uh it's very streamlined it's very uh marketable i've described it as plastic plus yeah exactly uh you you have uh yeah gundam seed is incredibly plastic but when you're 12 and you haven't seen anything like gundam before um, oh yeah yeah that that plasticness mm. to it makes it palatable but i think like for me it's the older i've gotten but i guess for uh other people it's the novelty of the original Gundam it's it's knowing its place in history and for people who were discovering it when it was new was was the novelty of the media um Mm -hmm. you know that's the first thing that grabs you and then the more you watch the more you realize oh there's actually a lot here because um like I was saying earlier it feels like every Tomino anime kind of has its own vibe in addition to being you know its own flavor of real robot like Dunbine's obviously fantasy um, but like Russell was saying, it's also Cold War um, commentary. The uh, uh, Zeta Gundam, I said, was a kind of workplace dramedy where it, it's talking a lot about like the shifting uh, social expectations of men and women and how this, this paradigm shift of society has kind of changed how we view ourselves in our role in society and then also, there's a war going on, and the government's abusing the power, and like you know, there's all this stuff that's just hitting you
2: simultaneously. Um, and I gotta was, say, I've never thought of Zeta Gundam like that, but I definitely—that's on my list of things to return to, and that's definitely something I'm gonna keep in mind the next time. Like that's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that that moment clicked for me, uh, and I'm sorry for listeners who haven't seen Zeta Gundam, including Coop. Uh, but like, uh, there, there's an episode where Rekawa feels insulted that she wasn't selected to do a mission and she thinks it's because she's a woman and i think if you look at this solely as a war story like that doesn't quite make sense but when you kind of add the the workplace environment of the argoma to the 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 vibes it's like this isn't just like zeta gundam's not just about war like rekawa doesn't feel um she doesn't feel jilted because um because she wasn't selected for a dangerous operation, she feels jilted because she doesn't feel like she is seen as capable as some of the other people on the ship. Hmm. Um, and like once I started thinking about that and the, the gear started turning there, it kind of expanded into like, that's, this is what Zeta Gundam is. Zeta Gundam isn't just, it's not just about war. Um, and it's, it's like, you know, the social disobedience, civil disobedience is there. The, uh, the, you know talking about space travel and space colonialization that's all there but like when you look at like kind of the the minute to minute like personal drama that happens it's either very like schoolyard uh, drama or it's like very workplace drama and i i find that fascinating
2: oh. since we're talking about workplace drama and robots have you seen pat labor tv Oh, I still.
1: Have I've two. seen the first five episodes. I think I like Pat Labor TV more than I like uh, Pat Labor, if I'm being honest.
2: Pat Labor TV's real good shit, but they have a very specific episode where mm. like a new woman joins after Kanika leaves, and it's all oh. about Noah feeling like she's being left out and she's being replaced. It's great. It's such a oh good my shot. God. Amazing. It's a great episode. It's one of the most memorable of that show, and it's just <laughs> all about like. Doing and feelings of like inadequacy and like your role in the workplace barely has anything to do with robots. I'll, I'll definitely have to look that one um, up. It's
1: all on VRV. Uh, sorry, Coop, you were going to say something.
0: I was going to say something that ties into all of this. Uh, what you were saying and also uh, problematic parents the Mage is the show about your racist grandpa and how you deal with him, and how he never, and now how he never actually gets called out of it, and he's still a hero
2: at the end. Fucking hate that war crime, grandma. Yeah, got I
0: yeah. hate. You. Yeah, uh-huh. Thank you guys so
3: much.
2: Just, Fucking Gunner oh,
0: Mage. Yep. <laughs> just, just don't. Wa- uh, I tried. I tried watching clips of the dub. They put the Hong Kong Animax stub on there,
1: and I'm like, right, uh, oof, woof, mm. woof. I, Is I it, uh... mm. sorry, no, continue. What um, oh, are you gonna say, Dale? No? Go ahead. No, I was trying to remember because I think the uh, subs for Card Captor Sakura that are currently on, um, that are currently on uh, Crunchyroll, are also. Uh, Hong Kong Animax, woof and Boy. They're, woof not, woof. they're not great. <laughs> um, but I, I gotta double check that. So I you'd think wrong. that the subs
0: they have are the because I know this America, not the subs. I'm I... sorry, the dub. Ah, I see. Let's see. Ooh, ooh, boy, ooh, boy. But uh, I like. I could I... be
1: wrong. I, I know it was uh, the Hong Kong dub though, because it wasn't the original oh, um, uh, Fox Kids dub. Because how would you? do that a
0: mystic they cut, adventure. A,
1: they, they cut a lot
0: <laughs> yeah they did um yeah but gun i i dig i think for the same flawed reasons despite the racist grandpa i dig gun the mage too and i'm probably the only person i know who digs gun the mage
1: <laughs> um <laughs> like okay i i'm <sighs> I can't. You, I can't you, 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 Destiny into every conversation. I was going to say, when "Are you going to break
0: into that?" Um,
1: no, I I gotta I gotta save that energy. Uh, I thought I was going to talk about it more because of the uh, kind of Bush era parallel, but I, I didn't quite find a place for it. Um, yeah, see Destiny sure is a thing. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't wait again, again, Russell. Whenever you eventually. Uh, Deign to suffer through that i i definitely want to hear your thoughts because um i you know even as a fan of seed i watched it okay we're, we're we gotta wrap this episode up. Yes. i'm sorry yes yes well we can talk about this once we stop recording all, <laughs> all right
2: to, so oh. because this is a macross podcast i can tie this into mr show oh, yes. to mori do it make this a little topical so Uh, I watched uh, Earth Maiden Arjuna for the first time last year, not long after I revisited uh, Rings of Reen last year. I also Mm -hmm. did it this year. Um, Saw a lot of connection between those two. A lot of similarities.
1: Anybody else uh, seen Arjuna? I have not. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, though. Uh, Oh, I like the character designs.
2: (laughs) Arjuna is uh, Shoji Kawamori getting really into New Age scams and screaming at people <laughs> about using air conditioning and fertilizer for Wait, sorry, 13 what? episodes. What? What? <laughs> it's also a magical girl show. The fuck?
1: Watch <laughs> uh, we're, we're we're watching this after Macross 7 Plus, right? Uh, or uh, whatever uh, whatever Concor, the uh, final. dynamite. Yeah, I
2: think the dynamite might have thank to. you
0: I think it yeah, shares a lot to. of
2: DNA with uh, Macross 0, the my personally least favorite Macross.
0: Oh, man. oh.
2: Uh, Oh, I, I think they wait. come from very similar places.
0: I guess we know what we're watching with that. No. Uh, this is
2: incredible. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, both- both of them are very mean, very, like, shouty. They're very much like, oh, a lot mm. of people died. Well, it was kind of your fault anyway. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, a lot of experimental, like, CGI, early 2000s, digital animation. The lighting yeah, reminded me a lot of the two. All
1: right. I got I to see if I can pull
2: up the opening. Uh, keep talking. <laughs> uh, there's, of course, the legendary burger scene, which uh, that's, that is one of the most visceral scenes in anime, I would say. Just anime in general. Has anybody heard of the burger scene? Does devour a burger? That's all I can assume. She becomes sort of a magical girl with the powers of Earth and such, and she gains essentially super empathy where she can kind of connect with, like, things that she touches, things that she, like, sees... So she eats a burger and oh. she feels oh, what? Uh, like how the meat was processed. Oh, and my like, God. The grass that the <laughs> cow ate it is amazing. What? <laughs> this is a very well known. <laughs>
1: Holy shit. OK, yeah. All right.
2: Damn. Uh, so all I you right. Worry. Just just going nuts there. Just absolute crazy stuff.
1: Twenty three second clip on YouTube. Let me watch this real <laughs> quick oh boy that sure is some creative use of cg <laughs> oh fuck see this is important to a macro this bucket. is incredible <laughs> she's struggling to eat this
2: burger oh she takes a bite and it's just a screaming bloody mess it's it's a time but you learn oh, okay. about earth day
1: the, okay yeah no i'm on board uh all right we should now yes, with that we should probably
2: wrap up the episode yes um, one last thing because yes, I, again about shoji kawamori i saw a lot of early ideas for Aquarion evil in oh Ring. shit
0: can, <laughs> anybody seen Aquarion evil i've seen clips of it but not please so watch
2: evil secret best 20th 21st century Macross show
0: damn okay. okay i guess <laughs> i know it's, it's get a robo with fucking um, yeah basically. so it's specifically like i like, sorry um <laughs> uh, i think
2: the i think the character designer for wings of reen says like tomino doesn't want to he, he aims for sensuality but he doesn't want to make it dirty shoji mm-hmm. kawamori is like fuck that the wings that grow out of this kid's feet are directly tied to his boner and the show is about this <laughs>
0: okay all right yep i mean i haven't seen a couple episodes of curry on yep
1: uh-huh i I can't believe we have
2: love spelled backwards it's the best goddamn thing in the
1: world i can't believe we have more fuel for this macross fire Uh this kawamori train doesn't make any stops
2: see it wasn't just a tangent we could tie it all back
1: (laughs) (laughs) all
0: back to the bison well um all right. So Russell, um, where where else can people find you? Find your works. I know you mentioned anime femi- feminist. And then also I, I hear you have this thing in your back pocket. It was a uh, space kaleidoscope, if I remember correctly.
2: Uh, yes, my blog is uh, what is it, com, where I will sometimes post thoughts on stupid things haunting my brain when I'm not exhausted. <laughs> I wish I could update it more often, but man, work is tough. Right. You, um, do what and you can, when you can, you can most readily find me on Twitter at Russell Latchaw, where I post just the stupid things going through my brain. And for some reason, people don't all unfollow me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's almost like that's good content and you should give him a follow.
2: <laughs> I'm going to wake up one day and everybody's going to be like, we're sick of this bullshit. And be like, yeah, it's fair. It's totally fair. I understand.
1: (laughs) I wonder what the tipping point's going to be.
2: I will push it as hard as I can.
1: (laughs) You're going to say something like Shin is actually mega-based, and I'm going to have to be like, oh, I can't abide by that.
2: (laughs) Look, just Mari supremacy. It's all going to be Mari stuff for like a solid month. All my demons are going to be like, go to hell. It's going to be great.
0: Hey, you got to respect the wife-guy hustle, so... I
3: mm-hmm mm-hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty,
0: as for our nonsense, you can always find us at our home anchor.fm slash do do you remember. As always, they push us on over to Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast. Feel free to give us a star, review, whatever we love hearing for you. Um, you can also send us an email at dyrmcast at gmail.com We're also on Twitter at do do you remember if you want to scream at us. As always, huge thanks to Mr. Chris Eakins, artist, developer. Dude does a lot of stuff on the game Rist System for show, uh, for providing the show's key art. Check out more of his work. Check out at risk System underscore game on Twitter. Risk System is now on Steam, Itch, Xbox, family of consoles, and Switch. So plenty of ways to play It, it is dope. And then Dylan, Dylan, take me yes. backstage and into the Tango sector.
1: Okay, uh, so I'm gonna make this quick, uh, just because we got a lot of plugs uh, this episode. But um, I'm involved with two other podcasts. Uh, one is the Unexplored Places; it is an actual play podcast. Um, and our current season is season two, Tango Sector, where we play the uh, we use the game Scum and Villainy to tell a story about a group of smugglers and near duels who, you know, uh, say "fuck the space police" and do crimes. Um, and you know, if that sounds fun, you can check them out at unexploredcast.libsyn.com or on Twitter where their handle is at unexploredcast. Um, I am also part of Backstage Gaming, a podcast about games and storytelling and how the two intermingle. Um, and I also talk with our, uh, good friend and friend of the show, Chris Wilson. Uh, we talk a little bit about acting as well and, um, what uh, like exercises we do, uh, how we get into character, a bunch of stuff like that. So if any of that sounds like your bag, you can find us at our, on our website at www.bsgpod.com or you can find us on Twitter where our handle is at bsg underscore cast.
0: Fantastic. And then Dylan, if they want to scream at you on a platform where you're addressed by at signs, where where can they find you? <laughs>
1: Uh, you can find me at the Dilla. That is T H A underscore D I L A. All
0: right. And if you want to scream at me, it's at Rider Strike. And again, big thanks to Russell for joining us today for this. Thanks for having me. Oh. Yeah, it was a
1: ton of fun, dude. <laughs> yes.
0: Because, <laughs> holy shit, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, uh, uh just having you around for just this, this because when I recently <laughs> reached out to you, I was like, "Hey, let's watch Garzy's Wing," and you told me it's like, eh,
1: "Maybe let's give this a shot because Garzy's you know, Wing is kind of played out." Mm-hmm. That was Wings my of thought. Wings Green yeah. is the new wave. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I definitely understand that. Um, I'm I'm glad you recommended this to me because I don't know when I would have gotten around to this. Um. <laughs> So you—that's—that's uh, that's another thing off the tomino the tomino bucket list.
2: Well, I'm happy to have thrown two more people down the Beiston
1: Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always. Oh boy. It was—it was a matter of time. Um, this was just a particular uh, side route down the Beiston Well.
0: Now, now I'm imagining that there's a sequel to this, but it's a ring movie where. Um, oh my god <laughs> where uh arobat
1: aro comes out of the well and
0: you have seven like a sadako
1: a little bit is it sadako or is it um i, I don't remember the, like the ring and the grudge i get the two mixed up all the time
0: it's uh sadako and they're both coves that's all i can tell you project Aco, that's that's you gotta buy that blu-ray that's not it. That's Look, it would be a motorcycle
2: teen driving out of the well with wings coming out of his feet, shouting about ghosts. Yeah, That's what think, it
1: would be. Yeah, And then I you think, would die. I think Sadako is from the ring, and then I think it's Kayako um, sounds for about right. the grudge. Okay.
0: Right. We got there. Well, anyways, don't hold any grudges against us. Uh, well, we'll <laughs> ring you next time. Toodaloo.
1: Take care, everyone. <laughs> Bye-bye.